All right, and we are live. Black African power was good, was happening. A well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo we man, y'all already know what it is, man. It's God killing the house. We come to do what we got to do. We're going to do what we got to do. We standing tall. We standing strong. Yeah. And it's I'm a raw squad up. Hey, what's good, family, man? Hey, glad y'all could join us today. All right. Appreciate the listening audience. Right. Here with my partners in crime. Uh, Brother Nahisi. What's good, bro? He was on there. He was on the phone. What's good, brother Wuja? All right, peace, peace to the family, uh, peace to the Amara squad, uh, family, peace to the YouTube, peace to everybody on the panel. Yeah, I figure, uh, you know, I gotta do a lot of catching up. I, I haven't been on on social media in the past week or so, so you know, I'm looking forward to uh, catching up on what the latest topics people have been bringing up and everything like that. So yeah, ready to have this this nice discussion. Yeah, ready to have this discussion discussion right here, and you know, um. <clears throat> It's always a learning experience. Things evolve, you know what I'm saying? Um, and things transform over time. So we get better. Uh, and it just is what it is, man. We learning and we growing up right in front of y'all face. And it's good not to just be stuck. It's good to really you know, get a grasp on certain things and be able to give back to y'all the information. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, that's, that's important. And so we're going to deal with, you know, some of the trending topics, just a little bit, a little touch on it, just a little touch up on it a little bit. Um, uh, these topics are very, very important. And, you know, at certain times, just uh, kind of, hold on, let me put this out. Yeah, at certain times, it kind of handcuffs, um, you know, it, it kind of handcuffs us. So, you know, the community is really going backwards for those who don't want to um, – push up for it and you know we're just gonna leave them behind man so we we kind of understanding that uh you got the aboriginal argument which you know really not even an argument i think the conversation is you, you have to really have a a grasp on a dna so i suggest everybody read books on dna i got a couple books on dna you know just so i could get a little grasp of the subject matter get the get a book a real simple book like DNA for Dummies or something like that, or for idiots. Yeah, get that. That'll help you out. Uh, if you don't want to read something that's kind of heavy, I'm trying to find a couple books, man. You know, as usual, I got to scavenge through the library. It's somewhere around here. Um, damn, I need to stop doing that, boy. Put books everywhere. I'll find it. Uh, it'll come to me where it's at. Um, but yeah, man, like, I, this is what I'm really tired of. I'm just tired of people who um, this is most of the community now. They haven't even read on the subject, but ready to debate you on the subject. You know, so like I was talking to you earlier, Wu John, I was saying that, man, look, I remember being about 20 years ago. This is no joke. And this is based off me just making a um, observation on I was on the Dagger Squad. Shout out to the Dagger Squad. Um, Sister Mo, Sister Cheryl, and of course, our brother Garfield. 
And I remember uh, what's good, uh, Greg, Black African Power, man. Um, I, I, I was thinking, well, when Brother Sanchitos came on, right? And he was trying to show a picture. Now, he wanted to show you the picture of, um, think, Gab and Nook, you know what I'm saying? And talking about, you know, just because Miles, he wanted to show that picture. And maybe we could pull that picture up. And he came on there like he really had something. I remember them days. Sup, David, Black African Power. And he, he actually showing the picture, right? And he is describing what it is, what he think it is, right? But we know that's a good old-fashioned look of shit. We have raised our game to the level now where we got whole translating teams. Shout out to the Shashu Monty Meta Netcher. Shout out. You know what I'm saying? We're whole translating teams now. So now we realize it ain't about looking at the picture. You know what I'm saying? They say a picture is worth a thousand words until you mess with the Nile Valley because the Nile Valley got a picture and the words are underneath of it. You know what I'm saying? So why would a person have a picture and then words? Obviously, the words are describing what's in the picture. You know, that's how serious our ancestors was. And so for, 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 for Brother uh, uh, Sanchitos to actually, you know, go to Google, which is cool, pull up a Google picture and talk about how this was that and this other, that just shows his ignorance, right, on the subject matter. And that, what's up, King in the Craft? That's my man. Yeah, we putting together that video, bro. We're going to do that. Appreciate you, King of the Crash, Real Black Atheist in the building. Appreciate your support and your loyal, unwavering support there, Brother Kenya. You know what I'm saying? Man, make sure y'all support Brother Kenya, uh, a YouTube channel. I think it's called Kenya the Crack, right? Serious videos. In case y'all didn't know, he put them banging videos up, right, with a message to him. But by saying Cheetos putting up the quote-unquote uh, picture and ignoring the words, it just showed, like I said, his ignorance of where we have grown. So I was telling you earlier, Wuja, that I'm glad, man, that that, 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 that you put together the Shashu Monty Metanetra Translating Team, right? Because, man, you know, for a long time, this community didn't have nobody reading glyphs like this, man. And they wasn't easy accessible. What's going on, Sean? Where you at? Got to give you the link, man, to get you up in here, too. Um, make sure Sean get the link, Wuja. All right. We, I, I'll make sure he get it. And matter of fact, um, a little later, you know, when you're you know, when you ready, we could give the link out. And uh, we can invite everybody to the party. <laughs> you know, we can have up to 100 people. Yeah, everybody can come to the party. Yeah, and if y'all just watch for your phone, y'all can actually, there's a call in number two. For any questions, taking on all challenges on this, right? And so I'm simply saying, like, like, like back in the days of general contractor and them, right? We used to look at the picture and act like we knew the hell we were talking about, but we really didn't. And I'm glad that I was fortunate enough to get around a group of brothers, you know what I'm saying? And sisters were like, no, that's not what the level is. So when you talk about the Dr. Benz and Chancellor Williams, this is this is the level. The Chicane, the Diops, uh, uh, Theophile Banger. Uh, uh, that's, that's the level, right? Of having an ability to understand said subject matter. And we fell away from that. And the niggas went pseudo, excuse my language, went pseudo on us. What is pseudo? Pseudo is those who refuse to deal with the real available information. They deal with the pseudo stuff. Like, for instance, you'll hear everybody talk about, quote unquote, um, white man this, white man that, and I'm raw squad. Y'all know that for using white man information. Okay. 
But yet, on the other hand, you got people that will use, I don't know where Nahisi at. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. It's called alternative history. I'm right history. here, aunt. I'm right here. Okay. Okay. So you remember we were talking about alternative history. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. What's that? Tell the people that. Okay. Is. Alternative history is, uh, is actually it's just pseudo history. You have alternative archaeology, alternative history. And what it is, is it's, it's history that people make up. They create this history. And it's used basically for entertainment purposes. <laughs> so here you go. So now the charlatans amongst us, right? They're giving us alternative history. Y'all can Google that. Google the term alternative history. Yeah, you know I mean, go ahead and start them out on Wikipedia. You know what I'm saying? And then and, and then some real scholarships. Trace the sources down, right? But alternative history is what it is. It's really white people competing with the, uh, uh, their comrades that they went to school with in academia because maybe they was more better at writing science fiction than they was dealing with the real research. So they fell away and they found it to be more money. And guess what they find? They find black people to be easy prey. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they, they get you like that. Easy prey to that. Write some books. Add the word African in it, and y'all think y'all got something. So look up alternative history. And this is what the community is gravitating to. But this alternative history is laden with white people. 99.99% of the alternative history, right, is Europeans. <laughs> Crazy. Let's see alternative history. <laughs> Alternate history. Okay sometimes abbreviated as A-H, is a genre of fiction consisting of, ficti mm, of fiction, right? Consisting of stories in which one or more historical events occur differently. These stories usually contain what if, what if scenarios. You know what I'm saying? Listen up closely. At crucial points <laughs> in history, and present outcomes other than those in the historical record. The stories are conjectural, but are sometimes based on fact. Alternative history has been seen as a subgenre, John genre of literary fiction, science fiction, or historical fiction. All right, man. You want to add something to that? Nahisi or Uja? Uh, nah. Well, it sounds like I mean, like you said, uh, movie writers, um, and and you know, writers of movies and and television series, uh, dive into that where they create these backstories for different characters, as well as comic books do the same thing. And so, what people are doing is they're doing what those folks are doing, but they're passing it off as if it's actual history, and um, something that actually took place in the past. And so this is what we get caught up on and create a belief system around and then get get become loyal to it and attached to it emotionally. And when somebody else comes along uh, later and corrects it or show otherwise, then it becomes a big issue and it becomes a problem. It becomes a, a big debate and argument. And so that's what we see in a lot of um, at least on the social media. That's what we're seeing.
Okay, we got a big dead silence. Y'all still there? Hey, I'm still here, Joe. Okay, okay. Oh, Unc got up. All right, so we might as well carry carry on. Unc, Unc just disappeared out out of out of thin air. So so yeah, but that's that's um, you know, what happens when and and really you know all of this it really comes down to our lack as and I'm saying our the quote unquote our um our lack of really knowing how to conduct research how to study. And, and I think it comes from us just taking it for granted, you know, because when you take something for granted, there's a there's a natural expectation that it's that it should be automatic, that everything is on autopilot. And people don't realize that it takes work to do these various things. And we tend to be lazy and we want to take the easy route um, for everything. And that's even a natural uh, response, you know, just like water. Water travels the path of least resistance. And so that's the way our minds work. We don't want to work hard. We want we want the biggest outcome for the least amount of work put into it. But there's a there's a cost to that. There's a consequence to that. And we, if we get complacent in doing that, then we're missing out on the uh, fruits of putting in hard labor. And so. As time goes on and we get used to doing this, especially if a whole generation goes by, now we're dealing with a lot of people that are of age, that are um, getting on YouTube, that are having a voice now because of the technology. Because YouTube is something that, that we were speaking about earlier also, um, that that we could compare um, academia with the music industry. So YouTube and blog talk and all these different platforms have made it easy for any and everybody to have a voice. You know, social media, period, has it's made it real easy for anybody to have a voice. Just like in the music industry, um, a lot of the, the different instruments and the equipment that we used to have to have, we don't have to have it anymore. Now we could buy a piece of software that does the same thing that, that an entire band would do, that you need a... a, a musicians and instruments the actual instruments to do now we could just buy a piece of software get a midi keyboard hook it up and we're good get a microphone put together a track um on on you know an inexpensive mixer record it on your computer upload it to youtube and now you are an instant rapper an instant uh singer or whatever and you bypass all the other things that come along with that well the same thing is happening in scholarship and academia uh, academic uh, issues people are bypassing all of the the work that should go into it and they're skipping and they're just coming out and and be, becoming these self-styled teachers or lecturers etc and gaining followers and now everybody is is you know everybody's a teacher now and so we we have you know lost the quality and accuracy of of information just like we lost the quality of music but this lack of quality of music and and scholarship over time it becomes the norm and then when you when it becomes the norm now you don't know better so you know because i had a conversation with uh my own daughters you know they they will listen to music on youtube and and because they're used to listening to music on youtube where the quality has been diminished but that's normal to them and see i used to be an engineer in the studio uh so I understand the fidelity of music 
and and you know the range of the bit rate uh, of the music and so on and so forth and what it does when you reduce it and everything so i can tell the difference but they can't because that's normal to them and so i make that point to say that when things become normal you you no longer can di differentiate and discern and so this is when elders come into play to keep that up to make sure that we we stay on point with that and so we have to be able to do that with uh, academic and scholarly issues as well, where people have to realize what it takes to really, really do what we call in scholarship, really, really be able to teach something, really to be able to discern fact from fiction. And so we're losing it. And so people are um, people are. Uh, becoming used to it and complacent with it. And so that, that's, that's one of our biggest problems that, we, that we've been having, you know, recently that I've been seeing. So anyway, I just wanted to fill in while Unc uh, disappeared on us and, and, and came back. So hopefully everybody understood what I'm saying. So, so that's, that's my point. That's what I see with what's going on. We, we, we are bringing, like instead of raising the bar, like we're, we're at the level of one, the bar is at level 10. <laughs> So instead of us bringing the bar up. Yeah, instead of us going up to the bar, up to level 10, we're bringing the bar down to level 1 and thinking we're doing something when we're not. And and and, and at the end of the day, that's detrimental. We are the laughing stock on the world stage when it comes to a lot of things. Everything except for rap, hip hop, and sports. When it comes to hip hop and sports, we are at the top. But when it comes to everything else, we're we're viewed as at the bottom of the totem pole on the world stage and that has to change so that's that's my piece on that the top is when you own the damn teams for real but i ain't gonna get into all that but yep what's going on brother kofi <clears throat> you know me but um so you hit it right you hit it right on the head man it's okay <laughs> man it <laughs> it's funny man and so like i say when when Sean, man, I appreciate what you was doing yesterday, man, with helping the babies, man. Appreciate that, brother. Give you a shout out for that, man. Um, it's a real good look, just helping out uh, children, period. You know, with the back to school stuff and all that, man, that festival y'all had, uh, that was real positive. But listening to the conversation, um, I know you was at yesterday, Sean, when the brother Sanchitos came in. But I, but I had to realize that I, I maybe in my mind I'm thinking he just don't know. Yeah, you know I'm saying he just and 95 percent of the people, 99 percent of the people across the board in America just don't know because you know like th this ain't no easy thing to do. The scholarship, the real scholarship, uh, scientific literacy, just in uh, communities with money, scientific literacy. You know what I'm saying? Ain't necessarily. Uh, uh, the order of the day. That's the truth. So, you know, imagine not having no money. Imagine being in a situation where you got to fight, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, for your food and fight to make ends meet. You ain't got time to do to do that. You know what I'm saying? So scientific literacy, man, don't come easy. It's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's schooling. You got to get schooled. And so the easy way out is to read the alternative history. That's what I went to get. I forgot to get it. Is to read the alternative history. And, and then we really got to have a serious conversation around books and real references 
You know what I'm saying? Because some people read, but all they read is the alternative history. I got a whole section full of it. The New Age, all that, all that right there. That's where all the Native American shit came from. Um, Brother Nahisi just uh, uh, brought me a book. You know what I'm saying? Uh, dealing with the first Americans. Like, that's where all this stuff come from, man. So it's, you know, we're going to deal with that. Uh, you know, if we had some serious funding, you know, we'd beat up every claim they got. So the pseudo, like you said, Wuja, is banking on the fact that we ain't going to address all that crazy shit to be coming out their mouth. They exactly. banking on that. Exactly. Uh, we don't got time today. And right, and you know, we we get we will become we'll be in the positions of poor righteous teachers. You know, um, so they bank on the fact that we don't have enough time in the day, and so that's why I always say, you know, we can only deal with the worthwhile claims. And, and things that are serious, you know, a little bit more on the serious side. And um, it's just unfortunate that we can't address everything because a lot of these little things are really affecting our people. The belief in the flat earth, the belief in um, some of the things that I've been hearing uh, lately, you know, that's very, very detrimental uh, to our progress. Because, you know, we live in a, a real world that has consequences to, to different things, cause and, and effect you know, the physics of the of the real world. And when you start to live in a fantasy world, um, you become unproductive and ineffective inside of of life itself. And so when more people uh, collectively do that, then functionally as a as a community, we become less effective. We become the laughing stock. And that's what I'm saying earlier. We are the laughing stock on the world stage when it comes to a lot of different areas of life other than sports, music, entertainment, you know. And that has to change. So we got we got to become scientifically literate. And I guess first things first, though, we have to, you know, some people like, for example, I'm going to give you an example. People I've seen a comment recently where people say, oh, I thought the Amin Ra squad was put together to deal with European scholars and and to combat, you know, the other side of things and whatnot. So but all I see you all do is bang on each other, bang, bang on your own, bang on whatever. And what people don't understand is that we are only as strong as our weakest link. And so sometimes in the house, you got to straighten things out before you can step outside of the house and, and present yourself to the world. And so we got our own folks that are really holding us back. Some people are even taking us back 400 years with some of the claims and beliefs that they have. So, so there is a moment where we do have to address our own and sharpen each other up. You know, just like a soldier, just like if you're on a basketball team, whatever, and your teammate has a weak jump shot or weak uh, free throw shot, you're going to pull them to the side and school them, train them, coach them, push them, push them, push them. So that when y'all get out on the, on, the, on the court as a whole team, that your game is thorough. So that's the that's the spirit of, of the Amara squad correcting, you know, all these other people and all these other groups before we we launch out there and uh present you know do larger presentations to the world and tackle some of these bigger subject matters so i just want everybody to understand that and people got to relax it ain't it ain't it ain't that deep it's not that you know we're not the enemy at all we're definitely not the enemy we're your brothers and, and sisters and you know we just want the best for all of us
All right, there go another silence thing. So, you know, hey, I'm MC Ironlord now. I, I, I could carry the conversation. No, so. Listen, listen, I'm going to get Brother Reggie to come through. Listen. All right, cool, cool. <sighs> Last thing you just said. <clears throat> Let's get this straight. When we attack the pseudos in our community, we are attacking white information. Do y'all not agree? Oh, that's 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 a good point. And that's that's something that people I definitely agree. Have to that's understand. true. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh and people don't I mean Yeah. Stop using white people information. Like it's simple. Like that's the thing that has you know what? I ain't gonna get loud, Sean. I'm gonna let you be the loud one, Sean. I ain't gonna do it no more. <laughs> I'm gonna let you do it, Sean. I ain't doing it no more. Listen, man, trust me. Con Calloway, <laughs> Ali Muhammad, Sanchitos, right? And Stolamine are all using ignorant, disingenuous, dishonest white people information. If y'all saying I ain't supposed to attack that, I'm not attacking the people. I'm attacking the information they're using, and they're using unstudied white people information used to confuse you completely. This is what's really going on, y'all. I can prove it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can say what y'all want. Y'all can holler and scream. I'm a raw squad. Only no, we beating up the black people to use the white people information. Stop bringing that into our house. How about that? Stop bringing the dirty, dirty laundry and garbage into our house that we building. You know what I'm saying? Plain and simple. So at the end of the day, man, that's really a straw man argument on whether the, the point is, is the information right right or incorrect? It just took me a while to really get a grasp on what a straw man argument was. You know, Wu John them, Shashi, they used to say it all the time, straw man argument. What the fuck? Excuse me. What in the hell is really meant by that? So like this, if I make a good point with references and sources, and you say it ain't right because a white man wrote it. That's a straw man argument. Is the information right? It don't matter who wrote it. Is it right after critique? Yeah. So well, the information that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, for those people who, who, who are wondering, you know, uh, I always suggest people to study uh, logical fallacies. And if you if you Google logical fallacies, you'll you'll come away with uh, some websites that will just list them and, and break them down, and explain them to you. And the probably the most violated one is the straw man logical fallacy. And basically what it is, is if let's say Unc makes an argument that uh, Unc makes an argument, then I would be committing a logical fallacy if I then mischaracterize his argument in my own way some, and say things that he didn't claim. And then I argue against my mischaracterization mischaracterization of his argument so in essence i'm arguing against myself against things that Unc really didn't say uh the way that i'm characterizing it and so that's what a straw man argument is is the basically the mischaracterization of what someone claims or what someone states and so this is what goes on a lot in the social community then you have another uh, logical fallacy that's violated a lot which would be um uh, red herrings where where you'll talk about one thing uh, and this is nicknamed apples and oranges so you'll talk about one thing another person will bring up something else and then it's like it'll divert the conversation then they'll argue and see the reason why people do that one 
uh, mostly is because they're incompetent in the real topic. So they'll try to swerve and curve your topic into an arena that they do know something about. And so this this comes from a place of insecurity on the part of people where instead of them just sitting back and learning, their ego won't allow them to just learn. They will try to curve the conversation into an area of information that they are familiar with. So it's just so they can have a say so and feel like and feel important. And so that's uh, done quite often in the uh, social in our social communities. So those are the two. Uh, and there's a couple of others. But but Google logical fallacies, study them and then try your best not to commit them, not to violate those. That's something that I learned um, as a um, amateur debater in college. We had to study it and memorize them, memorize them. We had to show examples of them. We had to show how to avoid them and how to re respond when they are committed against us. So these are things that, you know, you can learn. Hotep, Hotep. This brother, Usher Mouth, also known as, uh, also known as Antoine Germain on Facebook. But yeah, whenever I'm faced with a straw man, I always go back and stay. I ask the question, the people or the person, where did I state that at? Or where did I say that at? Whenever I'm faced with a red herring, I always tell them, stay focused on the topic. So those are two tools I used to combat straw man and uh, red herrings. Yeah, that's that's excellent. That's how you that's how you do it. And a lot of people will get frustrated with that because because see another thing, um, people will try to speedball through a conversation. They'll, they'll try to go 90 miles an hour in a conversation where the speed limit is really 35. And so sometimes you have to slow the conversation down. And a lot of people are guilty of doing that. And that's a, that's another uh, a tool that people use as as a, an excuse of their insecurities or their ignorance of, of a certain certain topic. They'll try to talk fast and switch up and switch up and switch up. You're like, no, let's slow it down. Let's let's talk about what you said first and let's go step by step and break down what you said. And, and you know, that could get frustrating to them, but that's the way to do it. So, yeah, uh, Antoine, that, that's uh, that's the way to go, you know. Slow it down. Hey, Uja, do me a favor. Send, send that link to the Amra Squad uh, um, email so I can send it to Reggie. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'll do that while y'all talking. The straw man argument. <laughs> so, hey, um, all right. Go ahead, bro. ETM Hotel, Rennie Sean. Welcome to Peace. My name is Sean. Um, I know you was, you know, shouting us out earlier, so we all hopped on to show support and so forth, but you're absolutely right about the brother. Um, I think the frustrating part for me was was that I've seen him do it several times before on his show, uh, especially in the past when he, when um, the brother Sanchez re refers to uh, committed cosmology and and he gets into Newton Gabb and wants to go to the Google images and when he what he did yesterday was he basically it's the same routine where he wants you to forget about everything else. So he, that's why he asked us now forget everything that you ever heard. And, um, just use your thinking cap when I present this, stop laughing at me. Oh. <laughs> and then, you know, when it got, when he got on down the line, when he got on down the line and then he said his famous words was, I don't tell my people to, uh, to look at no papyrus or no glyphs, cause uh, cause uh, 
you know, the people dealing with the pap pap rus, uh, those are magicians, and we don't know what they could have did with that. He basically. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you sound just like you, boy. <laughs> I thought he was on a panel for a second. Hold on, son. Wait. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow that down. See what I'm saying? So he said, don't dip. Watch this. So basically what he's saying is when, when you got the papyrus, right? Papyrus, yep. right? Or the wall. He basically wants you to separate the two items. Made by the same person now, right? Let's get this straight. <laughs> a scribe yes. don't just stop. All right, so let's get this straight, everybody. A scribe, yeah, you know I mean, is trained in writing. He's also trained in like Egyptian art and the way they do. That's part of their training. All right. Yes, that's part of their training. So he's telling you, don't listen to the magicians, right? Because <laughs> they writing. But look at this. But it's the same people that wrote that, you know what I'm saying? It was part of making the picture. Like, he don't he don't even realize that, man. Like, that's crazy to me. Sean, it was funny though. Hey, he's crazy. Like, so like the meta nature ain't a common sense type of thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? You even know it or you don't. You even know how to read the glyphs or you don't. Well, it's not common sense. I can look at that as common sense, say. Come on, man. So he presented. Did he present huh? something? Did he? Did he, he pulled up Google? Huh? He, pulled up, he pulled up Google Images. He did the Google thing. He did the Google. And image. he typed in Newton Gale, and it wasn't nothing but just a pit blank, empty pictures of Newton Gale, like artistic pictures of just Newton Gale. So, and he said, "Now I want everybody to follow me. Forget about what you heard." Forget about all the other stuff and just hear me out. He went on a soliloquy. It was frustrating. I'm sorry. I couldn't take it. He, well, didn't, uh, he, didn't, he didn't talk about the Tekken, uh, keeping track of time with the, the sunshot on sundown and stuff? We, we didn't get that far. <laughs> Unfortunately. Nah, so no, what was his explanation about uh, uh, Gil Benute? I mean, we couldn't said, get that far, Kofi. He says that he says it's a dome. He says Newt's a dome over Gab. He was trying to he was trying to project out a flat earth using Newton Gab. <laughs> and he you know, we've all heard it before because he just said it so many times, but he trying to set it like it's a new idea. But he he in the midst of all of that, after I kept interrupting him and then Garfield, you know, Garfield let him go on his little rant. And about five more minutes into his rant, Garfield says, when you gonna show us the text, Sanchez? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Listen, listen. I want everybody to, li to listen up for a second. There is a uh, now. This is just some common sense stuff. I'm not even gonna go deep at oh, all. Somebody get it in play. But go ahead. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go, go deep, deep at all. Right. This is not. This is not rocket science. There is a glyph. In Sesh Metonetra, which is the writing system, there's in the repertoire of, of symbols in the writing system that's used for the word Abed, which means month. It's our, it will be equivalent to our word month. This glyph is a crescent moon. I repeat, this glyph is a crescent moon. Now, I'm going to ask everyone, how 
when we look at the moon in our night sky and we see a crescent moon, why is it crescent? Because it's being blocked out. It's being blocked out by what? By the sun. By the shadow of the earth. The sun, shadow of the earth. Okay, so let's get it straight. So, so we see a crescent moon because the the Earth is casting a shadow onto the moon, and the crescent. If the Earth was flat, and I repeat, if the Earth was flat, the crescent would not be arced. I repeat, the crescent would not be arced, and the ancient Egyptians who call themselves the Remage, they have a glyph that represent these phases of the moon in a arced type of shape not a flat shape at all all right so that's not nothing deep i didn't come up with you know i'm, I'm not i'm not uh uh purporting you know that's not a new discovery anything that's just common sense all right well where is the where is the i'm saying okay where is where is he get where is he drawing his information from from his being a dome or his being flat give being whatever he says and what uh, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, Kofi. Good, good question. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Before y'all go, okay, listen, go ahead, let's, Sable, go ahead, nah, I'll, we got to slow that down. I, I want to make sure that what I just said was clear first. So I'm gonna, I'm you know, because see, it's little stuff like that. It's this is light work stuff, like, like, like we, you know, we tend to get all into it and and stuff like that when when just simple stuff will just end all of that. If the earth was flat. It would not cast a a arc shaped shadow on the moon. I mean, that's just. I mean, I mean, I, we don't have to go beyond that. We don't have to go beyond that. I mean, we we could introduce, you know, the more scientific and the more detailed things of of when uh, astronauts go up in the sky and and all this and that, you know. But we don't even have to go beyond that. We don't have to go beyond that. The 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 and, and you know, I I do understand people saying the moon is a hologram and and all this other kind of crazy stuff but for those who do have some sense just listen to what yeah. i just said we listen to what I'm i just said i'm trying to show a flat piece of paper yo casting shadows the shadow is actually man, come on man that's shit crazy man like so so uh so yeah i'm gonna pass this link around um for the back panel so y'all you know y'all go ahead and y'all know what else he talked about he talked about the egyptian symbols being symbolic we all know that's not hold true hold on hold on hold on oh, i got it i got it right here let's just hear it Can play, I play that it? yeah please wait 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 sean do do me a favor and uh send send me the link where that timestamp is so i'll play it and it'll be it'll be clear okay the timestamp. uh send me send me the link and and the timestamp of that and then i'll play it so it'll be clear i got you all right i'm sending it to you right now okay yeah that way that way it would come out clear so so yeah but um, but to unk to the as far as the unk as far as the uh glyphs being symbolic, that is an actual uh pseudo European uh Thanks. uh ideology or view of the writing system, the African writing system that we call Seshmeta Nature. Uh, that was that was their White people, observation. Hold on. Say it again. That White is, people. yeah. That that is. <laughs> an old European view of it when Europeans were coming out of the uh, dark ages and, and into, their, uh, 
into their renaissance when they were doing going through their renaissance uh and they were coming up with these uh discoveries and they were exploring uh different ideas they had the view of the glyphs as being purely symbolic and containing secrets of the universe and so on and so forth that was them and so anybody that repeats that that's dor say it again i said doris sisless the, the greek historian he was one of them am i correct yeah, it's, it's a whole line of them that leads from there all the way up to um, Madame Blavatsky and the Occult uh, Theosophical Society uh, and all those people that come out of that pseudo branch uh, of that particular study and view. Neoplatonius, the Neoplatonius, those that follow Plato, Neoplatonius, was saying the glyphs was symbolic, contain all the human, human wis wisdom. Uh, let me see. What else? Harpalo. <laughs> Harpalo, exactly. Um, you had quite a few. It's, it's a whole. It's a whole uh, chain of them. Did you send me that so I can send Reggie that though? Yeah, I put it inside the chat. Um, if you you could just copy and paste it. It's in the chat right in here where we are. So it's right on the side. Oh, all right. Just copy. Yeah, hey, um, copy and paste it. Yeah, you see that right there, um, Reggie? You can you can come in right there. You can grab it right out the chat. The link. No, I'm talking about the chat in the back. I I put it in the back, not on uh, oh, I in the YouTube. I know, but I can't copy and paste it. That's why I need it straight to the daggone email, yo. Make it easier. All right, so Say copy and paste. I know you can copy and paste mm -hmm. it, but if you want me to do it, I I'll do it. I'll, I'll copy and paste it into the email. <laughs> Yeah, you saying just cop, cop and paste the, the Zoom link. That's not it, though. Yeah, the entire... You got to click to join the cloud. Huh? No, no, it's the entire link. I'll, I'll just send it to you because I don't want to, you know, we, we kind of interrupting our flow here. So go ahead. Keep on keep on flowing. Yeah. I, I'll send it. But now I, I was going to add to that as well. Uh, when you say coming out to Dark Ages, the Flat Earth comes out to Dark Ages, too. That knowledge was lost in... That was in the Dark Ages. When they came out, they thought they were going to fall off the water. So that stems from dark ages as well. Can can we get a good working de definition of what the dark ages was, though? What y'all calling the dark ages? I would call it dark ages where it wasn't a lot of writing. It was you did it was dark because it what they wasn't writing it. They actually, you know, you couldn't figure out what the history was because it was you know they weren't writing. You wanna uh. We can, well, I don't know if you want to use it, but we can use this wiki, Dark Ages. Yeah, what did it say? Uh, the Dark Ages is a historical periodization traditionally referring to the middle, middle Ages that asserts that a demographic, cultural, and economic deterioration occurred. Basically, it's referencing Western Europe following the decline of Roman Empire. The term employs traditional light versus darkness imagery to contrast the era's darkness lack of records with earlier and later periods of light, abundance of records. The concept yeah, of darkness. Okay. Yeah. What I was lack referring, of records. <clears throat> Go ahead. What I was referring to is uh the Renaissance. <clears throat> so if you look up the Renaissance, the last Renaissance that Europe the European com uh, communities went through is what I'm referring to because out of that leads up into the uh race of uh the French and the British uh, trying to decipher 
the hieroglyphs, which leads up to uh, Champollion versus Thomas Young and that uh, uh, fight or race in order to recover the secrets of Egypt. Because what happens is when they came, when they performed their renaissance and everything, uh, they were starting to study, the elite among them were starting to study Roman and Greek literature. And they realized that the Greeks gave a lot of praise to the ancient Egyptians. And so then they said, well, um, let's go to ancient Egypt ourselves and try to figure this thing out. So that's when you got the war, Napoleon, and all that stuff taking place in the late uh, 1700s and so on and so forth, in the early 1800s. So that's what I'm talking about from the Renaissance leading up to that period. That, that created two branches. One branch was a pseudoscientific branch, and the other branch was a, was a more scientific branch. The scientific branch became known as Egyptology. They, they created an entire discipline around it. And the pseudoscientific branch became your occult systems that lead, led up or leads up to the uh, Theosophical Society and all these other uh, groups that have a similar characteristic. And maybe one day in the future we'll do it. We'll do a show to to outline and demonstrate the, this branch, these two branches off this same trunk tree that split, and you have the scientific route, and then you have the pseudo scientific route, and how our people today are mostly caught up on the pseudo scientific branch comfortably, and so this is what we have to change. Fat comfortably. So they've chosen the wrong side. <laughs> they chose the disingenuous. Oh man, come on, man. So okay, so I don't want to hear that no more. Please don't tell me that. Where the people? Where, where y'all at? Where they at? We right here. Oh, uh, say, but I sent you the uh, the video. All right, I'm about to play it. So, Unc, I sent the link. I sent the link so brother Reggie could come on in, and uh, maybe later on I'll, I'll just make the link public so anybody can come on in. You know. So, uh, but I'm gonna get to that link that you sent, Sean, so we can play it. Oh, so I got what you were saying. Let me forward it. All right, so Sean, you said it is uh, the four hour, four hour and thirty two minute mark. To you, mm -hmm. y'all were on for four hours and, and nah, it was longer than that. <laughs> That's every Sunday they yield. Uh... All right, so. <laughs> So I'm gonna play it from from where I have it. So you all listen in. I'm I'm gonna play it. Y'all tell me where to stop. Uh, I see his picture. I probably go before that, right? Let me just play it from here. All right, four twenty nine. Nah, just right there. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> hey Sean, what you apologizing for, man? You ain't got apologize for that shit at all. All right, so Come here on, we dude. here we go. Thank you, cause I, I'm having to yell over that. So basically, we looking at an arch and a plane. Now, Earth is not a planet. The word planet was never plural. The word planet was a word that turned into a plural word after they changed the cosmology. When the Ptolemies went to Egypt, they balled it up and turned it into a globe. Let me show you how this worked. The word planet is the word plane and net. Gale represent the plane and nut represent the net. The word nut is net. She's an arch. So when women get pregnant, we say they're pregnant or pregnant. Nat is nut, which means the arch. Preg means spark. So when you say pregnant, you're saying you're sparking the arch, meaning the sperm has penetrated the egg, and now we can see the arch coming from the belly. Simple stuff. The ancients spoke in science, but they didn't speak with 
you know, all of these words like calculus and figurines and fullerenes. They didn't do that shit. They, they deified their concepts. And when they did that, they can even teach them to children. So Wait, can I stop it there or do I need to keep going? <laughs> I'm going to plan He's not done. Okay, man, Frank but that's... That. That's a lot. Yeah, but that's, that's a, a lot right there. That's a lot to talk about. Just, just. I mean, I could have stopped it before and and addressed some of the some Wait. of the things. No, net, net. <laughs> that man cannot be serious. I'm serious. No. He cannot be serious, man. I, he is. Hold on. Watch he this. He is. I used to say. I used to say tell live vision. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Saber, Saber. <laughs> hey, press play, Saber. Say you gotta hear it. You gotta wait. Garfield, you gotta let Garfield come in and then you gotta hear his explanation after Garfield say something. Please play it. All right, all right. Let me um okay. like okay, to let do me... the linguistic study of the word planet and let... pregnant to see if they <laughs> Okay, so let me let me all right, let me let it play. Boy. Oh, no. All right, here we go. I'm gonna let it play for a little bit. So they kids didn't have to pay tuition fees to go get miseducated. They, they spoke in symbols so you can transcend the symbol through all age brackets. So now you're looking at Arch and Plain with Nud and Gale and the Masons call this uh, square and compass. The square is the ground and the compass is the uh, arch. And the reason it's called a compass is because we all must come past the great womb of the great mother. We all come here through the pregnant belly that's Compact. the gateway so when you look at this freemasonic picture right now this is called a mason's cosmos so yes nasa is ran by freemasons but they're teaching your children about a globe while learning about this flat earth cosmology in front of you and this is the cosmology of all the ancients when you look at hands and her legs hold on guys <clears throat> hold up a second that shit crazy, yo. Hey, my brother. Hey, my brother. Let, let me, hey Sanchez. Hey, um, can I call you right back in like five minutes? Oh, yeah, all good, all good, yeah. I'm going to do it right in five minutes. All right, peace. All right, peace out. Can y'all still hear me, uh, Garfield? Yes, beloved. Go ahead, beloved. Yeah, like I said, Lord Jamar didn't wait on me. But listen, I'm going to say this, right, because I want the people to know you don't have to agree. But, but this is the thing. You see Nud and Gay up here. You see she has two feet touching the ground, two hands touching the ground. Those are the four corners of the earth that the Bible speak of. Earth, wind, water, fire, the four foundational elements of this infinite plane. Those four points on the goddess covering the, the, the god Gale is what we see here in the Masonic cosmos. You can see that those four... Sanchez, Sanchez, this is Garfield. I don't mean to cut you, right? But I understand... You're using the give and the, the um the nut picture, but what what is on the actual um text of what the the the, the ancient Remish wrote that can confirm what you're saying? Can you listen, tell us that before you leave? I listen, know I know you have all your I know your explanation. Right and, now I got five minutes. Let me go ahead. And, let me do go this. Ahead, go ahead. If you follow my teachings, you'll see what I teach about the text. I teach all of my people to stay far away from the text. You know why? The papyrus that came out of Egypt was called a script. The script come from the magician. 
when these folks was taking us out of matriarchal cosmology. Conversation over, Garfield. Y'all ain't gonna let me answer you, Garfield. I'm, I mean, come on, you ask me a question. See, it's Shit, Don, hold on, Don, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But Sanchez, in all fairness, though, I got you some tips, but I'm a tip. I'm, you know, I know, in all fairness, though, brother, hold on, in all fairness, you did say that you was going to show us the text, brother. You ain't let me show them to y'all. Keep cutting me off. Listen, why would I come on a show, say I got text, then leave without showing it? Don't you know everybody unsubscribe for me and say he lied? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to show you the text, brother. Damn it, y'all are so impatient. That's the problem with the day attention span. You ask a question, <laughs> you sit there, and you get the answer. Now, unless you with some riffraff and you just want to create that kind of show. You now, can stop let me somebody then, answer you. When you ask somebody a question, don't stick a pistol to their head and say, nigga, move. Bill, bro, Bill, bro, this is a waste of time, Bill. Brother, you've been streaming for five hours. Now when the person you talk about get up here, it's a waste of time. You sound like a fucking no. Cow. No, I haven't been on this. All right, so I'm gonna cut it there. I think that's enough. Cause Sean, about to, <laughs> Sean, sound like he about to go go in. So, so, uh, and well, he was kind of nice. <clears throat> yeah, I, I ain't call him out his name. He didn't call him out kind of cuss words. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean that. Listen, that that's enough. I mean, I mean, you know, um, so so we we can address all of that really quick, fast, in a hurry. Um. I mean, he said a mouthful. I mean, just that, just that, what was that? About five minutes? That five minute clip is enough to make like about two whole shows about. Really? Uh -huh. I mean, his, his, uh, his wordplay with the word plan, plan, and then net. Uh, if he doesn't understand plan, pregnant. and then pregnant. Pre pregnant, and then plan net, and then how he said plan <laughs> is. Office. Don't forget compass. Com yeah, compass. Yeah, com compass. <laughs> compass. And then uh what he say about uh, he said planets is not plural. And he mentioned all that at the first. And then he started talking about Geb and Nut and um how her how her hands and her feet are the four corners or whatever the case is. I mean, the all that's really light, real easy stuff. And see, that's what I mean. See, when you're when you're having these discussions in real time. See, see, and this is what I was telling you um, earlier. See, we have we have this this quick stuff, and then we have this slow down, deep, you know, more penetrating stuff. And and the the quick stuff is easy. And I, like I said, the same thing in everyday life. When you um like let's say a single person, male or female, if you walk down the street and you see somebody attractive, what what's attracting you at first on the surface is the way a person looks. You know their their body shape. You know their physique, their 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 walk, their their hair, whatever the case is. All these superficial things is what attracts us first. Is what grabs people first. Then you want to penetrate that by having a conversation with a person, take them out on a date, all this other kind of stuff. Well, the same thing in scholarship. Uh, the emotional outburst, the emotional sound good, feel good information is is that superficial initial attraction. But the moment you sit people down and slow the conversations down, then you can really tell who who has something really worth to say. And so mm -hmm. this is what happens in our in our communities. People don't get to that step. People don't people don't uh, slow things down. So in these real time conversations, it's really, really hard. It's really, really hard. So that's why it's good to let people say what they're going to say and then take what they say point for point, slow it down 
and address it. So the same. So what this brother is saying, uh, uh, Sanchez is saying, man, this is light work. I can tell you right now, just off the top of my head, when you see the pictures of Geb and Nut, you will also see these supports. There's a glyph for the word support. The word support is sekenet in in the uh, language, and plural four of them will be sekenut. It are four supports that represent the four supports of the sky. So if Nut's uh, arms, two arms and two legs were the support, then they would have no need to draw the other supports that I'm speaking about under her body as well. And these are supports that you'll see when Shu, uh, somebody's, somebody's uh, mic uh, is unmuted. So, um, so what I was saying was when you see a, a depiction of Nut and you see Shu, in between Geb and Nut, alongside of Shu, you will see these four glyphs in most depictions. These four glyphs represent the word Sekenet. And the word Sekenet means support. They are four in number, and they are four supports that hold up the sky, figuratively. So if, Get, if Nut's arms uh, serve that purpose, there will be no need to draw these extra glyphs as support. See, and it takes somebody who knows the language, who deals with this that. stuff. To, Can we uh, see that? Well, I'm saying I'm I'm just telling you from from the dome, but let me let me pull up a picture and I'll show you why why y'all talking. I'll show that, but I just want everybody to understand and get that, um, what I'm saying that this stuff is easy, you know. But in real time, it's probably hard to even get that out when a, when the brother's talking and everybody's all you know, heated and going back and forth, whatever the case is. So, but anyway, wow. I, I just want people to understand that. <clears throat> I just can't get past the the part where he say um, he don't teach his people to uh, uh, look at the pepperide. Forget the pepperide. That's like <laughs> me. It's like me writing. It's like me writing my life story, and I publish my life story. But you tell him somebody trying to tell you. I mean, he telling my life story, but he hadn't even read my book. He telling you to forget about my forget. Forget about the person who write the book. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the person who write the book. Listen to what I got to say. That's 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 crazy. Don't listen to what the release said. Listen to what I got to say. That that that's that sound, that's crazy. That sound like Kofi. That sound a little cultish, man. That sound like a cult. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a, it's like a picture book. That's crazy. A Yo. picture book. But look, let me say this, man, because when it got up to the point that he went to Google Images and I knew what he was doing, I was like, I don't want that. I kept on saying, go to the text. They can speak for themselves. And he didn't want to hear no part of it. Unk, and Unk was trying to like, Sean, he don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> he don't get what you're saying at all. <laughs> Unk kept saying it. He was like, Sean, chill out, bro. He don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, he don't. <laughs> he, yeah, primary. He thinking that's an election. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he thinking it's the damn election. You know, before the presidency, when you said that, bro. I just, hey man, that's saying Cheetos, man. They not. They not. Hey man, come on, man. <laughs> y'all sometimes y'all forget that y'all been drinking for the level for a while now, man. And you know we we gotta realize that, yo. <laughs> it's been crazy. Yo. He said he thought it was the election. He thought it was elections, man. He ain't that, that he ain't know it was actually a primary. I mean, a, the a primary election, you know, like an original. Like, come on, man. Like, 
So it's it's a lot of learning that's got to take place. I mean, to do what y'all do, to do what we do, period, across the board, man. It, because, you know, <clears throat> I don't know how y'all started, man. I started out with the pseudo shit. I actually started out in a cult. I mean, the first time that I really got you the information, I was in one of my stash houses in Baltimore, Maryland, and one of my lieutenants, you know what I'm saying, had some Malachi Gilk books on the damn table. First time I start looking at stuff like that, I didn't have nobody to introduce me. Then the second time I started giving information, I was locked up. And the more, you know, he remembered the whole aquarium gospel, the whole damn book. So every night he would quote me a chapter. He ain't had a book now. Just quote me a chapter. You know what I mean? So by the time I came home, I ended up getting into the uh, Nwapian Nation of Moors, right? Reading those books. What it did was it got me back interested in the reading. It didn't tell me how to critique sources. Malachi, your books ain't had no source. So I ain't get no type of nothing. So, you know, the best thing I had uh, was the blog talk show that I started doing with uh, the general contractor. You know, I can't even mention his name no more. You feel me? And he acting like he with Dr. Ben, you know, and we thinking we doing something. Little did I know we wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> so what the hell? So I just... Being a little bit older now, you know what I'm saying? Y'all helped, helped a lot of people, though. Y'all helped a lot of people. This show helped a lot of people. Yeah, but but it wasn't it wasn't the level. Though. You get that? Like, there's a standard. There's a level that y'all are now drinking from. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I think it's a it's a real waste of time. Once you know, like, like, once you know how to build a pyramid, it don't make sense to make the next group of people go back and figure out how to build a pyramid again. You just give them the information so they can build upon that. So it don't make sense for us to always have to be in a damn cult, waste five years of your life, screw misinformation based off of the uh, Facebook, YouTube, blog talk now, you know what I'm saying? That's why it's so hard now, because anybody can be a daggone teacher now. You, don't got, you just got to have some good slick words. You, you feel me? Like Dr. Benningham didn't have that. Chancellor Williams didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? John Henry Clark, they went blind reading. Like, they ain't had none of that. Imagine if they had those tools. So it don't make sense to keep going back again. So that's why I'm so thankful to have y'all brothers and sisters around because now we can start. Imagine having a generation that starts out on a level. How much can they grow and how much can we do for our community now? You feel me? So that's why, you know what I mean, the vision was always this. It was always this. They had brothers and sisters that was at least younger than me that could help me out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Nick, get you old. Like, get him out the game. <laughs> Some people need to be out the game at this point. Still promoting misinformation. So it was always a dream to have young brothers and sisters, man, actually leading the way in the community with real information. You know what I'm saying? Like, if y'all go back and look 20 years ago, wasn't nobody translating nothing like that. You, you feel me? Like, you couldn't sit down and watch a show where brothers go glyph for glyph. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I look at Wuja, right? When I look at uh, Smash Rockwells, you know what I'm saying? It's a show that Reggie did, and he put everybody on the spot. He was like, all right. He pulled out a text from nowhere and then tested everybody's reading skills. It was crazy. Like, we, we, you wasn't seeing that nowhere. Don't nobody see the Sashi Monty Metanetcha show like to watch that? Man, that's mind blowing. 
So when that guy comes out with like a Tonka toy, talking about he looking at an Egyptian thing, man, you gotta laugh at it. Like he don't know if he was to sit in y'all class, you know what I mean? All the stuff that he be saying, he would change all of that. You feel me? So y'all got y'all will the we will we y'all we will the big power stick. You know what I'm saying? True. And like they said, I had to learn this. You know, he with the most power, you know what I'm saying? You know, you got to be the most humble. Because they don't like, man, like sometimes I be thinking and they really don't. Now, Ali Muhammad, that nigga know. He know better. He went to college. He know what the level is. He's using it just like Malachi York did. They using it, you know what I'm saying, to misinform and take advantage of the people. Because they know the level is. You know what I'm saying? Trust me. Ali Muhammad know. That's why he had copy and paste scientific articles and act like he ain't doing it. They know. Uh, uh, Con Calloway, he know. That's why he copied and paste scientific articles and try to act like that that supported him. But then act like he don't do it. So, I mean, we got good eyes around here, man. So, hey, hey, Sean, man, you're going to have yourself a heart attack. These crazy people, yo. <laughs> Been through it, man. Hey, I don't know. Put that other. Need to put that link in there, man. Get that link to everybody, man. You're right. They trying to get the bag, so that's what it's about. It's about money now. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with money, but don't don't manipulate us for for your money. You know what I mean? I didn't sign up to manipulate people. And as soon as I realized that some of the things I was teaching was wrong, I got a group of people around me to help me out because I realized the shit was deep. I said, this is deep. This is too deep for one person to get. Um, can you so, hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead, brother. All right. So um, I think also the- Brother Reggie. What's good, brother Reggie? I didn't know that was you. Yeah, it's uh, brother Reggie. Hey, so hey I want to give give a shout out. Peace to the brother Reggie. Say, Uncle Justin Ebb, ETM Hotel. Welcome to the panel. And uh, Mike, the floor is all yours, brother Reggie. There you go. Hotel, brother Reggie. <laughs> well, Uncle Jay. And I'm happy to be here um, on a scholarly platform. I think um, I, I spent a lot of time on um, on on platforms that basically uh, we try to get the information out, but then information is never uh, covered properly and never debated properly uh, because we go for the unusual and the fantastic and the and the stuff that sounds good, and that the real scholarship is 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 boring, and it is uh, above people's um, training, and it, it becomes uh, it becomes really frustrating. So the uh, when we're dealing with science, and when we deal with issues like the flat Earth, or we're dealing with the Aboriginals, um, what we're really dealing with is science, and. And, and you have to introduce science. Um, you have to introduce the prevailing um, uh, research on the matter before you even begin to talk. And a lot of these programs, um, people allow just to talk without uh, introducing anything that's scientific. So if you want to talk about, for example, the flat earth, uh, you are, or why, uh, objects in, in space, and we are in space. The Earth is in space. Uh, and the DC says that often. Um, just to let people know 
that the fact that matter is then we have to look at the scientific principles that create spiritual objects in space. And spiritual objects in space become round because of a gravitational pull on their center of gravity. And when someone begins this conversation on a flat earth, then you have to start talking about gravity and you have to start talking about uh, the center of gravity. And then you have to uh, find out if these objects were in space uh, long enough for it to be smoothed out with the properties of gravity. Um, so um, you will not find um, Sanchez or any of them introducing science. And I think that this harms, I think that this harms our people. And again, science, uh, to, you have to do a survey of the, um, the literature out there to, to, to even begin to understand what you're talking about. So, um, but if I'm on a platform and someone says something and they can articulate it better or they come up with some pseudo formula, but they have not proven that they uh, actually can solve that problem, that becomes a problem. That's why we need uh, mathematicians like uh, Dr. Maad, and we need um, metaneta scholars like Ujau, right? Um, and then first, the ancient Egyptians were not always right. They were not always right. Um, and we have, to, we have to look at science and even correct some of the, uh, some of the materials that we get from ancient Kemet because we know, uh, we know now, we know more now. My last point on this uh, subject is that um, we are being um, um, de-evolved. We're being de-evolved because if we are not creating these cognitive uh, uh, skills and we're not passing it down and we're not creating a community, then we're creating a, a, a spaced out a pseudo community. And that's what's <laughs> happening. That, that, that is what's been happening. So um, I have never been on an Amirah Squad program where um, the prevailing materials on the subject has not been introduced. Um, and I've been on other programs where um, there, there's never any time for it because of attention deficit disorders that our people have that they don't want to um, they don't want to look at mathematical material. They just want to go with whatever their belief is. So I'll stop and um, and then I come back and I, I um, you know I was prepared to talk. Uh, on one of the points about uh, the meaning of our work. We, we, there's a set um, a structure that we have to engage in that Diop engaged in, that Dr. Ben engaged in, that Dr. Clark engaged in, that um, most of our uh, PhD uh, scholars engage in, um, that allows us to do science. It allows us to do research. So we're in a, um, I think the time has passed for our people to, um, to have these little pseudo debates without introducing uh, the material first. You, we must force our people to introduce the reading material first 
because at the end of the day, when we introduce it, um, we try to introduce it later, there's never enough time. So people don't re and people don't see the materials that we actually have to study to make the points that we make. Excellent points. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's bullshit. You, you, you hit it right in the nose, brother. Brother Reggie. And I, I, I studied with, um, I've studied in and around the greats and to come up with a belief to Dr. Ben would be the end of your young ass career. And so I <laughs> um, you will never see any of those people who say they was with Dr. Ben in any recorded conversation with Dr. Ben. And if you did, Dr. Ben is doing all the um, answering. So I have been around uh, for 30 years. For 30 years, I was privileged to um, to not take the suede road, um, road, but to actually um, sit around Dr. Clark and um, Dr. Ben, and they were not nice people when it came to their work because they were fighting for the uh, intellectual lives of our people, um, not the physical lives per se, but the intellectual lives. And so, any of these people, again, they're coming out with all these notions. The Ses Medinetu has not been um, deciphered, um, but yet they use terms that the Greeks um, have given as if the Greeks did not have a long relationship with the Nile Valley and many of the kings list in the Greek um, um, uh, literature, right? Um, we see those same um, kings. We see them. We see the the same ones when we translate um, the Medunetcha. So, um, you know, I have to spend some more time hanging around with the Amin Ra squad and others and trying to, while well, I can, to build um, to help build up a scholarly uh, group other than. Uh, uh the 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 um the work that I have been doing of just trying to get the information out. Kimin on trial was a very important um um part of our work and I went to get at that time the best metanetra scholar that I can get, which was Jonathan Owens, right? I didn't know Jao um at the time, but um Aunt Kane Saw Kane, Sanjetti Kane, uh, and Jonathan Owens. And we won the day. We won the day because now the Hebrews had to, in fact, read the Medunetcha or say that we could not read the Medunetcha. And, and, and so the history that's been about, I think now about four years, four years ago. Now we're at a stage where we can have conversations with the Europeans and tell them um, you are being biased and you're leaving out the information, such as the role of uh, Sheikh Ante Diop and others, Dr. John Henry Clark and others with Mary Liskowitz, is to say that you, um, you are purposely leaving out information. I'll stop again. Yeah, that's some uh, excellent points, uh, points there. 
and came in on trial. You know, and now even today we have um, some Hebrews. And uh, just recently, uh, I was I participated in two recent videos addressing a presentation that Brother Zion Lex did, where he's given a presentation about Medunetcher, and um, which is good. And I, I actually thought it was very good idea, or it actually um, put a smile on my face that to see people who are not quote unquote into Kemet or of a of a different uh system or whatever the, the case is to actually attempt to study or speak about metanature or sesh metanature or, or the hieroglyphs etc because what it does at the end of the day it will enlighten them and educate them that's that was my hopes and that's my expectation but um i i was able to listen to some of his video and you know, I was I was disappointed because of the manner in which he was coming about saying what he was saying. You know, he was implying that he was bringing some new information to the table and he was talking about how uh, he, him, him as a Hebrew, he was saying things that that uh, other metanetra scholars don't say or don't have not. He's never heard after listening to hundreds of scholars and whatnot and, and so on and so forth. But everything I heard him say was practically wrong. And I and I understand why. So we had so we addressed some of those things in, in the two videos uh, of that. But um, and that's on what platform, brother Wuja? So they can go look at. It. Yeah, that's on the Seshu Mandi Metanetra uh, YouTube channel. So anybody can go there. It's part one and part two. And we respectfully uh, addressed the the information. You know, we didn't attack the brother. You know, I have respect for um, for everyone. Uh, we're not trying to create enemies or anything like that. We just addressed the information. Uh, that the brother said and we allowed him to speak for himself in terms of we played the clips of the video and then we addressed the uh, mistakes and corrected them see we're not just saying he's wrong he's wrong he's wrong we are actually correcting the brother and i offer a suggestion and uh, olive branch that the brother wants to learn uh that i don't mind sharing information or um teaching so you know that's that's where i left it and you know so we addressed about four four different things that the brother was saying and being in this community and being in New York where a lot of these uh, activities happen to take place, because Zion Lex is in New York, um, I was at an event where Zion Lex, trying to prove his point, did try to uh, transliterate some metanetra or translate the metanetra. He obviously had help, but I applauded him for doing so. And then I got a major pushback by the so-called comedic community by saying that he did not translate it correctly. I think what it was, was his point was wrong, but the um, his med, um, his translation of the meta-nature was just pretty much what it is. I mean, he made some mistakes. He used um, some terms from Wallace Budge um, that was incorrect, but a Metanetra scholar or anybody who studied Metanetra for a while would know that, okay, so he's using a term from uh, Wallace Budge, like some of the suedos that we have use things like suiting. He called them suedos. They use us. Um, they use um, they suedos. But they hate the fact that the Metanetra has been trans- uh, um, deciphered and we can translate because they need some um, air to breathe. So I commend you for having a conversation with uh, Zion Lex. Zion Lex, uh, he has tried to source his Hebrew roots to uh, Sumer and the Akkadians. 
And now he seems to have run into a lot of other new problems because of the culture of the uh, Cadians. And so, um, and then again, he doesn't, he doesn't give us what, in fact, what his sources are. So we must demand that uh, if we are having these conversations to um, what is the survey of literature that you have read, where are you getting your points from? Um, and you and then um, and it's not Yahweh that's giving you the points. You're getting it from white sources. You're getting it from white sources. And we all get the primaries from white sources because they have spent billions of dollars um, over many years um, getting these primaries. Now, all we ask is to let us see the primaries and then we can begin to do the hard work of, of, of seeing if the translations that they give are correct or if they need to be cured. Yeah, that's a good point. But real I want to I want I want to clarify. Just clarify real quick. Um, I didn't have a discussion, one on one discussion with the brother. I I we played the clips from. He did a show with uh, Solomon on in the Black Radio, and so we played the clips and then addressed his claims in the clips. And so he was pretty much wrong on all the points that he was making. Um, and we don't mm -hmm. have you know we don't have time to go mm -hmm. through the entire thing. So we we just pulled out a couple of his claims, just to kind of show the brother. That listen, you 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 say you've been studying for two and a half years, but you still have a long way to go, and you have to apply a little bit more rigor to your studies because of the things you're saying is just wrong. And and usually, what people do is like it's a trajectory. If you're if you're if your angle is off in the beginning, then by the time you finish, you're going to be way off of your target, your intended target. If your if your angle is wrong from the from the start, so I'm trying to help the brother, let him know. Nah, you're gonna have to hit the reset button. And and uh, it's best I, I I'm all for autodidact pe people who just try to study on their own and everything. But I made a suggestion recommendation that he falls under the wings of somebody who's competent and proficient in the language and culture so they can guide him and teach him. And I think that would be a much more powerful thing to do uh, for him as a Hebrew, because, you know, it's not to to convert him from Hebrewism to Kemeticism or whatever you want to call it, but at least to educate the brother so he won't miseducate other people. And, and, and Brother Reggie, I'm familiar with um, the thing you're talking about where he was debating the Brother Jabari and he tried to go walk through the Peret uh, Im Heru and make a point that his point was that uh, the laws must be written somewhere and that the Egyptians received them from somewhere else. And he's implying he, they must have received them from Sumer or whatever the case is. And the problem with that is that um, he was wrong in his point and he was wrong in some of his translation, which led to his error in his point. And so because if you look at the text, if you actually read the whole text, the portion that he was talking about, um, the the portion that was written was something that was recorded by Jehudi. And remember, all of the deities, the deities do not read and write. So in today's term, we will call them illiterate, illiterate uh, because their, their function is not to be literate. That's that's the role of Sashat and Jehuti. So Jehuti is the one that records and notice how Jehuti, whenever he records something, he never gives it to the to the company of the gods. He actually speaks it. And so he recites it to them and then they repeat it back to him. And so that's what he was pointing out. And that's what he was showing. So he was he was in error on all sides. And anybody who who knows the language, knows the culture and is familiar with the literature would and should be able to point that out to him and to everybody else. And, and keep it keep it moving and to keep things uh, accurate. The, time, the problem is is the structure of the debate 
So I sat there and I witnessed, and uh, one of the key points was uh, looking at the 42 and basically saying um, with the, where the metaneta says, um, not have I. Says it says not have I in eerie, yeah, right, yeah, and um, and he's trying to say that he's trying to um, quote some biblical uh, uh, something from Genesis or something like that that basically uh, uh, doesn't say not not have I. They're, they were arguing some stupid point that um, whether it says thou shall not. So if you had anyone had pulled up the 42 and began to read it. And so part of our other group of people, our comedic so-called group of people, um, what we're finding out is that they're not proficient in the Seshmetu Netra themselves. And so they make the same mistake. And now we have what you call de-evolution of our community. Um, and it takes... De-evolution. Yeah, it takes... Um, it, it, and so the, the major point of uh, uh, this uh, of Zion Lex, who I actually like, I don't like his scholarship, but yeah, there's a way in which you could talk to Zion Lex um, when he's not with a mic and he's, uh, you know, he's intelligent and he's, he's actually looking throughout literature now to make his points. He just, and he's doing it primarily himself. He's alone in the dark. But our 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 scholars, our well, our meta nature, uh, the people on the platforms with the meta nature, they what they never do is really put up the meta nature and begin to uh, actually uh, read it, and so their their points are uh, faulty um, themselves, and it, so you haven't been trained by uh, uh, Dr. Ricchetti or Benga. Uh, or any of the people underneath them, you you are going to uh, you're doing a disservice yourself because you refuse to uh, read the uh, Medu or or get some training in uh, understanding how in fact to read it. So um, Ujaro, it's always a, it's just always a pleasure because your skill set has um, has excelled, and um, but it's the hard work of actually sourcing the text, putting it up there. And then telling, and also telling these uh, comedic people who are largely 18th Dynasty people, they act as a they're, they're reading first of all a late late paradigm rules uh, in the 18th Dynasty where a lot of things have actually been changed. They don't even know the uh, the early paradigm rules, and the paradigm rules are not holy. They were holy to those people, but as scholars, they're not holy. That uh. uh I don't care if I pronounce the word netter or netter. It's um, it's a code that makes me understand what it's saying. They're acting as if this stuff is holy, and that other people, um, sh uh, who are not so-called comedic, who don't eat, have the diet, don't have the uh, uh, the teachings, uh, and many of them are suedo teachings, um, should not even be um, using this text because it's holy. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, as far as the holy that holy concept is is uh, coming from an Abrahamic uh, point of holy view. Holy Bible. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. Because you know they put holy in front of in front of their text, like Holy Bible, the Holy Quran, 
and so on and so forth. We don't have to say holy Peret Im Heru or holy uh, Book of the Gates and stuff like that. It is what it is and it speaks for itself. And so that's that's what we have to, uh, you know, continue to maintain. And, it, and it's not, see, people exaggerate. It's, it's the meta, Sesh Meru Nature is a writing system like any other writing system uh, with extra uh, bells and whistles. It's a very ingenious way to invent a writing system. And the way it's done is it's different than English and, and the uh, writing system we use today. But the function of it is the same as any other writing system, which is to visually represent speech. So it's not something that's, that's, uh, rocket science or out of the ordinary or or off this world extraterrestrial and, and this this and that it's a way to visually communicate and um so people have to just understand that and the, the point is to use the writing system to get to the language in order to let the ancestors speak for themselves that's the that's the chain and that's the the uh procedure in order to understand what the ancestors left behind you got to be able to read it because they're not going to speak to you directly because they're dead. So you have to read what they left behind. And then if you read it, you got to understand the writing system and how the writing system was mapped to the language. You have to understand the language, the culture, and so on and so forth. If people understand that, I think we'll all be good, you know. Yeah, there wasn't mm -hmm. one for, for specific book. I mean, I hear a lot of people talk about the per M Haru, you know, and reference the per M Haru as the holy book. Like you said, there was many other books um knowing the uh 17th and the 18th dynasty the book of gates the uh, book of acre the book of the heavy cow um and a, and a plethora of other different books so it wasn't no specific book and those one even i wouldn't even consider those names the book of acre the book of gates uh the book of the heavenly cows i mean i think those were named by the egyptologists that actually gave those names but that was plethora of different texts besides the Per Imaru. So the Per Imaru wasn't a holy text or those other books wasn't considered a holy text um, for the remit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of texts. I mean, and you know, another thing, just real quick, I know we kind of got off on a little tangent, but just real quick, a lot of people wonder why we focus on Kemet and not the rest of Africa. And it's not that we don't focus on the rest of Africa because us as a people, we should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. If if individuals want to focus on West Africa, Central Africa, South Africa, North Africa, and then you have people who want to focus on East Africa or the Nile Valley, then every, there's room for everybody. All right. But the thing about the Nile Valley or Kemet specifically is that Kemet is the most documented ancient culture because it's a plethora of writing that is left behind in stone and on papyri, on stelae, coffins, uh, tombs, temples, the whole nine, you name it. There's a there's a whole litany of, of literature that still survives to this day. But when you go into other parts of Africa, you don't find that same abundance of records. So so Kemet provides a a um, a ocean of knowledge that we can obtain for for the ancient past of the people of the Nile Valley. So that's one reason why there's a lot of focus on Kemet. All right. And so people just have to understand that. And it's and it's not to to say Kemet is the is um, the end all be all or the first civilization and whatnot. But it is an a, one of our apex, just like Greece is to the European communities. Ancient Kemet or, or Egypt should be our classical 
um, civilization that that we go to as the apex of of an amalgamation of different African communities. And that's another misconception. People think that Egypt was this mono uh, this mono uh, or one type of um, people. They don't realize right. that that Kemet was comprised of many African communities coming together, right. forming a confederacy. And this is what the whole thing about Sima Tawi is all about and all the different uh, Sapat or gnomes or different communities along the Nile that came together into two great regions, the uh, Tashimau and Tamehu. And then those two great regions merged into one under one umbrella called Sima Tawi, and it became simply known as Tawi to keep the duality going. But that was an amalgamation or, or a convergence of many communities coming together and, and agreeing under a contract and a hierarchy and a system that was put in place long, long, long ago. And so we have to keep that in mind. So so it, so Kemet, in that sense, represents the best of the best. And so you wouldn't know that until you understand it and study it. So we, we can't, you know, put, set up this dichotomy of East Africa versus West Africa. That's that that's that West Coast, uh, East Coast uh, rap battle type stuff again. So I just want to put that uh, let people understand that. And you should want to study the best. I mean, when you look at it, you know, uh, Kemet is the longest reigning empire that ever existed up to this day. So why not study that blueprint and see how these group of people came together and, and see how long they was able to reign such a long period of time longer than anybody else. So, I mean, why not study the best? Exactly. Well, and then we have to we have to do the work of if you insert a text, for example, something from uh, Sumer, it's really not from Sumer, it's Akkadian, and then we have to date we um uh, we have to date when that text occurs. So uh, a lot of what you have out of um, the Akkadians come pretty much in the Middle Kingdom of ancient Kemet, um, and so. So they're acting as if this uh, this uh, literature that they have is older, but you, when you start looking at the stories of pilgrimage and and, uh, and the and the flood stories and all of this, you find that uh, Kemet had a start uh, with these concepts much much earlier that is attested in its in its own uh, literature. So um, we have. The, the difference is, you know, Ujawa is not, at, he's combative, but he's not that uh, combative. Um, so I like to see it a little bit more when we actually end up talking about this. We pull in the people who say that they are comedic and examine what they think. And I like Brother Jabari. He's, Jabari, is a, he is a good overview of ancient Kemet. So I am not talking about Brother Jafari, I disagree. Uh, I disagree on the religious part. I think everybody knows that. Um, I uh, and I and I disagree from where they pull their information from. Um, the Book of Anui, for example. I know we're off the subject, but it, it connects to the subject. The Book of Anui is late 18th Dynasty, and then it has no reference to a king. So we don't, we just think that Anui just bought a papyrus and his name was uh, inserted in the papyrus. Anui is not no damn prophet. He's a um, scribe uh, who wanted uh, a, a, a good afterlife. So he purchased 
um, a, a papyri that was written um, written for a king that the Amun Ra cult uh, wrote for him, for, uh, and so that he could become a king um, in the afterlife, or or to act as if he was a king in the afterlife. But the earlier Pertem Heros, uh, they they separate from a, um, a noble and a king. But you wouldn't know that unless you read the text. I know he's a, a, a foreigner too, right? It didn't matter. Yeah, a foreign, yeah. Foreigner. yeah, but the thing is, there are a lot of foreigners in uh, Kemet. Kemet had what uh, Ujawa um, said very well, a confederation. So there are a yeah, lot they of- They call a Nubian a foreigner. Yeah. Foreign chieftain, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Let me let me do this real fast, man. Let me let me show. You, right. I want to show y'all something, and it's just it's funny. And and this is the level of scholarship. Now this this is the book right here that um, Brother Nahisi put me up on. And uh, where you at, Nahisi? Uh, I think he he wrote uh, he's. Uh, left out for a minute. All right, so here's a book that Ali Muhammad be using. Y'all see this, right? Yeah, we can see it. It's one of those alternative history books. All right, and I know he's using it. Uh, uh, Brother Nahisi pointed out some things that's absolutely what uh, Brother Muhammad's been saying. The lost colonies of ancient America. All right, come to the table of contents, right? Let me get this right now. First of all, most people don't know how to critique sources, and you shouldn't be reading this alternative history book for the history of black people in America. So in the table of contents, chapter one has the Sumerians, chapter two, the Egyptians, chapter three, the Minoans, chapter four, the Phoenicians, chapter five, the Romans, chapter six, the Celts, all right? They're talking about everybody that's in America, right? Uh, chapter seven, the Hebrews. Chapter eight, the Africans, like, like I studied this before, and I used to get certain magazines, and they claim to uh, uh, present evidence of the Hebrews being here. All the people are just Phoenicians and all that. Really, alternative history. This is before I even knew there was such a thing as called alternative history. I didn't know that, that it was a genre. I didn't know it. So if you go to chapter eight, right, talking about the Africans, now watch this. I'll show you how we do this. Page. Um, 152. Maybe y'all can get the book on Google, right? Page 152. Y'all, can y'all see this? Yep. Keep it on that moment. We'll read the caption. It's really a picture of the pottery, right? So the truth is, if you're looking at some part right here, it says image eight through one. Uh, Gutimala. Uh, Chumas pottery illustration. Okay, photo cur courtesy of ancient American, right? So we're dealing with pottery. So really you want to actually look up the actual pottery. You want to find the pottery. This is a bad picture. Let me finish reading this. It says, during 1931, American archaeologist Ann A. Morris described painted murals inside of Chichen Ezia's temple of the warriors in the Yucatan as all too typical of, uh, of the Negro and unlike the Mayan to be readily taken for accident. 
It said the temple was abandoned no later than 1224 AD. Uh, the abundance of archaeological evidence for black Africans in pre-Columbian America is no less richly supported by related cultural finds. All right, so this is what they're using. They said it was Africans in America, right? So this we want to pull up the pottery. You got a picture, a clear picture of the pottery, right? Um, right here. All right, I'm gonna share the screen. Chuma style vase, uh, uh, vessels, right? Watch this. I'm gonna pull this up. I'm gonna screen share. All right, y'all see that, right? Uh, there we go. Y'all, everybody can see it, right? Yep, we can see it. So if you look closely, let me see if I can blow it up. Real clear, right, y'all? So look at this. Y'all see all the Mayans, right? They're calling these, first of all, they called all of them Africans, right? But look closely at these dark individuals. Do you see that individual face right there? It's a different color from that, from the rest of his body. Y'all see that? Can you also see the feet of these individuals with different color, right? Yep, we can. So obviously, this is dead. They're painted black. These are not Africans. These are Mayans for some ritual uh, uh, understanding, right? They got glyphs here, and I'm pretty sure they tell you what it say if you can read the Mayan script, right? And uh, this is clearly priests working, and they painted themselves black. This is not black people. They feet showing through. This is crazy. Their feet are actually lighting their bodies and their faces lighting in the they look at that. Well well hold up. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they are black and they painted part of their face uh light and their feet look light. <laughs> 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 you know, that's a possibility. <laughs> oh no. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop it. Anyway, the the, the fact that anybody but take this picture to promote black Africans, right? Hands all that a different color. Look, hands, see their hands? All that different color, man. So I, I'm trying to show you, first of all, the Mayans would have never been pale-skinned people based off of their geographical region. We didn't went location and we didn't, we, at nausea, we didn't talk about the skin map and Disney skin map, right? So they're in it, they're, they're at their right color, right? But being jet black, that's, that would not be the case. Would never be that black. I got a question. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is, I'm just throwing it out there, but if uh, the so-called, um, as some of the claimants make, if the Remage or uh, the ancestors from West Africa had influence on the Mayans at this particular point in time, why are those little images in the background? Are those supposed to be like their, their system of hieroglyphs or some type of writing system to tell us what's going on in the picture? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I don't make a speculation. <laughs> <laughs> I just think human beings, period, man, when they show pictures, man, they want to write. When you literate, you're going to write about what, what's going on in the scene. <laughs> Crazy, yo. But first of all, West Africans ain't gonna be jet black. This would be 
past Sudanian black. You know what I'm saying? They had to go all the way to Sudan on the crater to find somebody that's black. But they're painted that color right there, man. You can clearly see it. Go to that's the actual vase itself, right? Picture of the vase itself. And it clearly shows that these people, them two individuals in particular, are painted a certain color, right? And, and you would have to learn and study. You have to delve into the culture. It like like so so you got the Egyptians, right? They also paint themselves black too, different colors. Am I not right or wrong? Uh, you're correct. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh that's that's uh painted themselves literally, or you mean depicting themselves in artwork because you know you have the rituals and things. But well, not depicting themselves. This, this is a ritual going on, and they depicting themselves as black. But they these two individuals here seem to be priests. Well, right, you're, you're right. Uh, Apos Nefertari would be a famous one that a lot of people may be familiar with, uh, where she's depicted black. And then you have Menchu Hotep, the king Menchu Hotep, who's depicted uh, jet black, but he's also depicted in that uh, orca uh, red, um, the 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 natural red that they normally did. And sometimes, and sometimes in the afterlife, white. Yes. Or in or green. Yes, indeed. So they wasn't trying to denote color. Uh, they wasn't trying to denote the color of their skin. Is the point I want to make here? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, so we find we find we find human beings all around the world painting themselves anyway. You know what I'm saying? Rituals, just, just paint. I mean, that's part of human culture. The body paint. You know, with different rituals, you find indigenous people everywhere. Uh, are painting themselves that. So I'm just saying the mistake, you know I'm saying, that they promoting in this pseudo text right here is that, quote unquote, these are uh, African people from, like, come on, man, like, that's that's totally, first of all, it's disrespect of the, of the culture, right? That's one. Two, that's insulting our intelligence. So they actually know you're not going to go the extra step or the extra mile, right, to find out the real history of that. And so they sell these books. This book was about this book's about 1699. How many of these books have they sold to the black community with this misinformation? You know, that's the point I'm trying to make here. And so so people are coming at us with this. So I'm letting you know when you come at us, you know what I mean, with your uh uh quote unquote pseudo history, right? Man, be prepared to get all your sources critiqued. Yeah. If it was uh, a depiction of a Kemet. And that you would see Usir uh, black, you would probably uh, look at the text to see if it says Kim where, right? Uh, you would you would you would look to see what the writing is. It is ridiculous to put up any uh, pictures and try to say what it is when you have no idea what the writing is, what the ceremony is. You're just doing what Ujao normally says, uh, the look see method. And the look see method does not prove it only proves a point to uh, um, um, religious people, believers, um, non non research oriented uh, um, people. Uh, exactly. So um, uh, looking at that to say that these people were uh, African people, the, the funny thing is you see two individuals, but the rest of them are. Uh, depicted in another color, so I and they look painted too. Now, all of them look painted. I just want just for the record. 
Yeah, and yeah. it's clear it's clearly two people are have a more prominent role in whatever ceremony ritual that yeah. is. And mm-hmm. and as you pointed out, there are glyphs there. And see, and that's a good example. Uh I know you don't have it on the screen anymore, but to the untrained eye, a person who doesn't know the writing system, doesn't know the language, when you first look at that picture, you really don't even see glyphs. Like you you really don't even realize that that's writing or glyphs or even say anything. You 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 just think it's part of the artistic expression of the of the scenery. You know, so likewise with uh the hieroglyphs or seshmetanecher, that's what people are doing. So they ignore them. And you can't do that. Like Reggie said, you 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 know, if you if you're looking at a a picture of something, it will tell you. Oh, Nine, man. 99.9% of the oh, time man. It will tell you. Matter of fact, you cannot um, divorce the scenery pictures from the, the actual text. You can't do that. All right. Let me let me show y'all another thing real quick. So yeah, as I was looking at the private, somebody mentioned in the chat room, all the individuals are actually painted. Let me show you another vase. Watch this. Um, Here we go. Okay. While you share that, let me just show this because I, I made a I made a point earlier, and I want to follow through with. All people. right, go. All right, freeze. Go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. Um, this is a reproduction of the primary uh, that I'm speaking about. And I'll show the primary another time because I have to get a uh, very, I have to find my clear, my um, high quality picture. So I'll, we'll do a show on the Sessu Mani Metanature channel where I'll, um, you know, share this. But I wanted to show something for, for the people to, um, to understand what I was saying earlier. That Shu, uh, you have three deities here. You have Geb on the bottom, Shu in the middle, and Nut uh, above, arced above. In the middle is Shu. Shu is holding up or supporting Nut. He's supporting her where her um, uh, womb is and where her breasts are. All right. Now beside him, you see three. You see four glyphs, two on each side of his head. Those glyphs is it represents the word that I said, sekhenet, which which is the word for support, and that's the same actual item. That's a picture of an actual item that that the ancient remage used to support things when they built their. Um, uh, uh, housing things when they wanted to support and hold up anything uh, from laundry clothes to to even hanging pri- even uh, um, staking prisoners to them to tie up prisoners next to them all right I could show those pictures as well and I'll, I'll do that but I wanted to show that that's the glyph I was talking about it looks like a Y shaped glyph it's a it's a um, did you show the glyph yet yeah yeah the glyphs are right there uh, matter of fact this is my cursor right here I'm, I'm drawing a circle I'm circling with my cursor so so right under Nut's body, you have Nut's body with stars within her body. Right, right below there, you <laughs> see you see four Y-looking glyphs. These are Y-shaped oh, I glyphs. See that. All right. right, those are the glyphs. And matter of fact, for people who are familiar with the Gardner Codes, it would be O thirty, Gardner Code O thirty. Look it up, and you'll see that it represents the word Sekinet, and four of them together will be Sekinut, and they are known as the Pillars of Shu. And these are the pillars that hold up, that are, they represent the four cardinal points that hold up the vault. Because remember, the, the ancient remage um, figuratively described the sky as a vault, as mm. a vault. All right. And these are the four pillars that hold up. And later on, you'll find that the four sons of Heru um, represent these same cardinal points or these same pillars. You have Kabesanov, uh, Happy, um, uh, Happy, Kabesanov. Uh, Duamatev and I don't know why the fourth one escapes my mind. Um, Emsu, Emsu. Uh, Emseti, right? Emseti, Kabesanov, Happy, and 
Uh, and now I forgot the other one I just mentioned. But happy M. Suet and Duet Duet Matu. Yeah, Duamatef, exactly. All right, so the four sons of Heru also become representations of these four cardinal points that hold up the vault of the sky. So I just want everybody to understand. But as far as the actual primary, I'll show it on a different show when I can. Um, I have to just find my, um, my my higher quality picture of it. All right, so I just want I didn't want to leave anybody hanging. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, you can go ahead. No, you good. All right, did my screen sharing again? Oh uh, yeah, there you go. It's up. Uh, it's Look up at there. the pyramid. Let me uh, blow it up. See that? So we see that the individual is painted on this particular pottery. See that? Yes. Yep. So so okay. So so like I talked about human beings, and this is a woman. I think that's the breast right there. I think she's holding a baby, right? See her hands, right? Yep. See her face, right? Mm -hmm. Two different colors. So this is ritual. And we can, and we know this oldest, the oldest such ritual of painting yourself with this like iron okra goes back to Africa, maybe 160,000 years ago, uh, at Pentacle Point, where, where they were symbolically painting themselves. Ritual. So this is ritual right here. And so some pseudo can look at this and say, see, that's a black woman. When the truth of the matter is, it's ritual body paint. Huh. Correct. So if you go to, um, www.mayabase.com slash com593 um, because one of the things that we are supposed to do is go and source it. Um, what they say is about it, they say the interwoven mat designed on the arms and legs of the kneeling figure is a symbol of royalty and identifies him as a member of the elite, perhaps a ruler of a small polity, although he wears nothing to announce such an exalted position. Judging from the combination of a jaguar skin cape, elaborate jewelry, and fierce expression, and they say the most important words, the black painted man holding the spear is more important figure in the scene. So European scholars recognize that he is the black painted man. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Painted. That's crazy. So it's but it's right there for y'all to see, man. It's it's crazy. So so this is the type of uh, shabby scholarship that we're getting uh, to support their arguments, which is absurd. I, I'm saying, and I'm not supposed to be able to break that down that fast. You know no. what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. But you're right. And then, just to say. The other part says the gloves be um, before the commanding figure of the black painted man holding the spear or red Lord Owl or Lord Muan. So um, the Europeans who are deciphering this uh, the script, uh, they they acknowledge that this is a black painted man and it's he could be ceremonially, he's ceremonially painted black. So he's not black skin, he's painted black. <laughs> so if they introduce the sources, if they introduce uh, the literature around it, then you will have to deal with that. And so when, when it comes a time where I don't want to waste too much time 
on these people. Um, I've done, I think I've done enough work uh, trying to debate the unusual and the fantastic and the metaphysical. <laughs> uh, I just need to introduce the, the, the sources. And then once after that, let them, they have, now they have to introduce, they have to do, introduce some literature that debates the fact finder or the researcher uh, that, we're, uh, that we're showing. And if they cannot do that, then there's no need to have a conversation. I hope everybody agrees. Uh, if, you, if someone introduces the literature around it and they have not read any of the literature, and they just want to do the look, see, look, they're black, they're black skinned, they're Africans. And um, the look, see, look. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's no, there's no reason to go forward. Um, and we're not, win we're not winning. Listen, brothers, sisters, we're not winning. Um, if we enter into a debate with people who have, who do not show their sources. We're not. There's, there's, there's no win. There's no win to that. And I, I mean, I've spent, uh, I spent the last four or five years debating people who, uh, who, um, in, you know, in, 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 um, who, do, who refuse to uh, bring up the, uh, the survey uh, literature. Did you read what they wrote in the chat room? Dude, that's not paint. The Euros did the same thing in Egypt. They erased it. <laughs> Right, but I just showed. I just read Mayan. dot com slash com five nine three dot htm. Uh, the description of the Maya vast. Send it to um, me. Send it to me, uh, Reggie. Through the email. <laughs> right now. Put it in yeah. the chat. You can put it in the chat right there. <laughs> so listen, uh, just just to let people know in the chat, I previously did post the link to come in if you want your voice to be heard. Uh, you could you are welcome to join the um the back the discussion yourself. As long as when you come in, you mute your mic, and you know we ha still have an orderly discussion. Nobody talking on over top of each other, or you will be booted with the quickness. So uh, I'm gonna see if I can post the link again. But I posted it already, so um, just want to let people know that that link was for everybody. All right, we can get up to 100 people in here, and we have 100 people watching. So we can, and you can uh, call, too. You can right. call in, too. You can call in or, or pop in. So either way, all right? Um, so just so, want to make sure that that's not... Uh, can I ask y'all brothers this? Why are the noses broke off on the statues in Egypt? I'm start with... I'm going to start... Let me, let me... You go last, Reggie. Semi. That's a question. I was waiting for some. Are you asking us on the panel? Yeah, on the panel. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, the noses, people think that the noses broke off because they're trying to hide the Africanness of, um, <laughs> of the, the people and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, now, People only think that because we're we're thinking retroactively, you know, with with uh, racism, and white supremacy today, and so on and so forth. But those noses and things that were being broke broken off, they that was done. A lot of that was already done in ancient times when there's a change in regime or change uh, in in um, sentiments of the people. 
um, and the nose was broken off because of the uh, aspect of life and remembrance of a person um, to live. Because if you notice that people are granted uh, life, what we would call life after death, they would they would um, grant people life like Ra and it would be forever and forever, forever and ever, et cetera, et cetera. And so the nose, if you understand the concept of the relationship between sleep and death, you'll understand that the only difference between somebody sleeping and somebody who's dead is that a sleeping person can awake, can wake up and a dead person obviously won't. But when you're looking at them while somebody's sleeping, while somebody's dead, they look identical with the exception because both both people mouths are closed. Uh, usually people sleep with their mouths closed. Now, you know, people snore and have their mouth open. But in general, people sleep with their mouths closed. So the only only thing that could sustain someone in order to allow them to wake up the next day when Ra rises as well is because something has to be coming into the body at some point. And that entry point was the nostrils. And so the breathing or the or the life giving essence was always seen as entering the body through the nose or through the nostrils. So symbolically and figuratively in in death, they chopped off the nose to cut off that life force of mm. the individual. All right. Now, like I said, this, this that, you know, I can we could talk about this for a whole about a whole half hour. So hour. you're saying the Egyptians themselves did that? Yes. It, w it was done in ancient times and people believe that only Europeans did it to hide, you know, the truth from black Americans and so on and so forth. No, the, the, a lot of a lot of that damage was done in ancient times. A lot of the looting of the tombs were done in ancient times as well. So people, you know, people uh, have it twisted. And this is not anything secret. You could you could find this out, um, you know, if you if you put in uh, just a little bit of time of study you'll find that graves were being robbed in ancient times as well. That's why they, that's why they had to fool people and, and where the, where they placing these, these graves and graves were guarded, you know, uh, back in ancient times as well. So, so it's not something that's new. Now it's not to rule out a uh, purpose, uh, you know, intentional damage done today or whatever the case is, but I'm just saying that we have to uh, assess all of the facts. And so in ancient times they did it. And also just real quick, even in the Seshmetonetra on the temple walls or in different areas in Kemet, they were they uh, many times they would erase something to replace it with new information. And they call it a palimpsest. And and so, like, I'll give you a, a most popular example is is between Seti the first and Ramses the second, who was the son of Seti the first. Seti the first started to build a temple in Abydos. And he died before completing it. And so his son, Ramses II, completed it. But in the, in the portion where Ramses finished it, he erased his father's name. Now, he left the portion he completed and left that intact. But the portion that was halfway done or partially done, Ramses I uh, commissioned the, the, um, the scribes or whatever, the artisans, to erase it and to fill it all in with plaster and to re-carve it with his name. And one famous instance of that is where you see these so-called helicopters or flying crafts uh, in the temple of Seti I in Abydos. And I went through all of that on the website. I broke it all the way down, explaining the whole thing. So I just want to show people that not only are the statues uh, repurposed and damaged like that, especially with Hatshepsut. Now, if anybody want to look up how, st how statues and things were damaged, you, you look at Hatshepsut's um, chapel, look at her uh, statues and things, you'll see where they purposely damaged um, 
her statues and things like that back in ancient times. All right. So I just want to make that clear. Oh, yeah. Napoleon did not things. It was already there. Came in there. Matter of fact, they, they showed pictures of it. They come in and they show pictures. It was already done before it got there. It didn't blow off the Sphinx. Yeah, I mean that's the popular that's the popular um, speculation yeah. that people say Napoleon is on his army used it for target practice. Then you have uh, the the um, the story about the Muslim uh, doing it and so on and so forth. But people just have to understand that this was done all throughout history. You can just look at the drawings. They he Napoleon came there with a whole team of artists and artists, and they was drawing it. When they was drawing it, the nose wasn't on the damn thing. That ain't hard to figure that out. Yeah, they was drawing everything. They was man, it it was a scientific endeavor when Napoleon went there. He was trying to learn, and so that's why we focus on that, because that's where you are gonna get to learn. That's the source. Like like Egypt is the light of the world. Like that has not changed, you know. So when people like Con Calloway and them call the Masons, uh, make and and this and that, man. The fact man is the Masons was amongst the first Europeans. Uh, the Rosicrucians, the Masons, and the Illuminati was amongst the first Europeans to recognize that Egypt was the true source of all religion and science and math and all that. No doubt. And this is what they call the Age of Enlightenment. That's when they got enlightened. Who's, when who's... they realized, you know what I mean, that. So then when we teach the community that, we get pushback. So Egypt has literally changed the world, right, with science, technology, engineering, the whole nine yards. When we teach it, all of a sudden we teach white people stuff. It's the most ridiculous confusion thing ever based off of the fact that people now have platforms on YouTube, you know what I'm saying, reaching thousands of people with misinformation. Yeah. Uh, who, who's sharing this screen? Because uh, that's a perfect example of um, whoever's show, showing the screen. Blow it back up that you had, you had it big at first. That's me. It's Joe. What's up? Oh, tap. Yeah. So what you're showing. So this is an example of of the unk and everyone should be familiar with the unk representing uh, life and everything surrounded, you know, by life and everything and how it's always held up to the nose of the individuals. And so this is a picture of it. You know, this life force, this life giving force is held up to the nose or the nostrils. And like I said, when when you're looking at somebody sleeping and somebody dead, the difference is that obviously the chest is going up and down if you're living. But the mouths are closed on both on both people. And so there has to be some other way where this where there's a, a sustaining of this life. And it and it was always seen as coming through the nostrils. All right. So this is why life or the breath of life um, is given through the nose. Or whatever the case is. So the chopping of the nose would would cut that life giving force. And mind you, in death, all this stuff is figurative. And everything, but that that gets into a whole nother conversation. But I just want to point out. So you asked the question. I'm just giving one one example of why those those statues and things like that. And I see somebody in the chat room. They said, "Well, why did why did why didn't they make the statues without noses?" Uh, that wasn't the intention. The intention of the statues was to was to represent the person, uh, full you know, with life and and living and in the hair after whatever. The 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 taking of the nose was an afterthought. <laughs> what was to cut it, hey. cut that off? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. What, what is the scientific consensus on um, th this is blessed Pharaoh. Can you tell me the scientific consensus on the uh, on the agreed upon use 
for the pyramids. <laughs> well, it depends on which pyramids you're talking about, because like, like most people, when they say that, they're talking about the the they limit their Tell the truth, huh? Tell the truth, man. It was power zones, man. <laughs> it was well, grids, power zones. It, it it harnessed the power of the earth. Don't don't you do that? Don't you do it? Don't take that away now. But listen, yeah, he he asked. He well, mentioned that. Well. Well, when when people ask those kinds of questions, they're usually limiting their their question around the three great pyramids or three pyramids of Giza and not just pyramids, period. But when you look at the literature and you understand the language, the the word for tomb is the word mer, which is the word for pyramid. They didn't have a word literally pyramid, but they had mm -hmm. the word mer, which meant tomb. And you have the tomb of Pepe the first, the tomb of Teti the first, the tomb of Pepe the second, the tomb of whatever, and they're referred to as Mir. And even the text within these tombs of Pepe the first, Unas or Uni and Teti and so on is called the what? The pyramid text. So usually people are talking about the great pyramids on the Giza plateau and not just pyramids in, in general. And in Nubia, what they call in Nubia or in northern Sudan today, you'll find that uh, mm -hmm. the tombs are in a pyramid shape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so, so, the, so the step pyramid, right? So the step pyramid is based off of stacking master bars. That's correct. Right? Mustafa, yeah, we're correct. in those. That's correct. Right. And so, for, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I was, I was just going to say that's correct, but I was going to let people know if they wanted a full understanding of those different pyramids. I got a whole presentation on uh, the master bots from the first pyramid to the last pyramid, what they were utilized for, who built the pyramids, who ransacked the pyramids and everything. And you, uh, that's so much on my personal channel. But I'm gonna come back and do it on the Seshu channel. I'm gonna redo it and do it on the Seshu channel. I um, shared a uh, another image. I don't know if you see it mm -hmm. on the Vaz. There are a number of Vazes, so they like to pick one. <laughs> Ah. There is a, uh, a Mayan, and he obviously has white. Uh, he has white hands. Right? <laughs> hey, uh, excuse, excuse me, Reggie. Could you? Is there a way you can uh, enhance, like, blow that up? I see it. It is blown up, ain't it? No, a little bit more because just a little more. I, I don't uh, hit no, the one hundred. Look, no, up there, hit, the plus. Yeah, the plus sign. I, yeah, plus sign by the one ten. Yeah, one more time. Yeah, yeah, one more time. Hit again. Hit again. <laughs> Reggie, you erase that. Tell right. the truth. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So now we can see it really good. All right, I appreciate it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So he's, uh, surrounded, he's surrounded by his subjects. His face is white, so he has on a costume. And he's oh man, come on, yo. And the rest of the and his hands is white or his paws is white. <laughs> and four feet or white and the rest of the subjects are drinking kava juice or whatever they drinking <laughs> they got some dwarves in it so why don't they show this um, why, why don't why don't they show this image when uh, you know, this is at the pen crazy yeah. right so i i uh i put in the source for it um and so uh, when they show that other thing, they should certainly show. They should show this. Um, this person is again crazy, yo. Yeah, so I'll stop. You know, I don't. Uh, 
Hold on. In the chat room, we got bless, bless Pharaoh spending 20 years to build a tomb makes no sense. Okay, yeah, I, I was let me let me just finish what I was saying. So so again, when people ask that question, they're really talking about the, the Giza Plateau pyramids, and that's what this brother is seeming to talk about. So uh to answer his question, no mummies were found in those but in those particular pyramids. So the answer to that is no. It's just simple as that. And I'm I'm sure you already knew that. But no no mummies were found in those tombs. So so now no mummies were found in, in, in I'm sorry, in those pyramids. No mummies were found in those pyramids, but you do have a burial chamber in those mm -hmm. pyramids. And you do yeah. have and you do have a a, a um neb unk or a sarcophagus that was mm -hmm. in that particular pyramid. But there was no mummy found to answer your question specifically. Now mm -hmm. to answer your other question, were they power plants? There's no there's no uh, there's no evidence that it was a, a power plant uh as well in all of the literature. Or anything of that nature as well so if if you want to lean towards a power plant and use the criteria of evidence that you're going to use against it being a tomb the fact that you don't find a mummy there then you have to be consistent in your logic and just simply say you don't know so the smart scholars will say they would just describe the pyramid and and describe what it took to build it and so on and so forth but they won't venture off to say um, you know, and start imagining and, and um, interjecting their imagination by saying what the pyramids were for if there's no evidence for it. Hey, man, you know, good as well, they got paintings on the walls powering light bulbs, buddy. No, they do not. That's in the temple of uh, of Het Heru in Dendera. And I, I, already, I already dealt with that. There's no, there's no light bulbs at all. But it's a light bulb, man. Come on, man. Lighting up the pyramids, man. They got they got Wi-Fi too. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> well, bless Pharaoh. Bless is saying that he's not saying that they are power plants. Oh, so I was just saying anybody who who does. So so hopefully your answers are are um are satisfied. So you ask. That's a good presentation too. You did on that on uh, uh light bulbs. <laughs> so excellent. Uh, go to the website. Uh, what's the what's the website, bro? Yeah, Sesh. Seshmetonetra.com. There, there's a whole uh, article on yeah. on the uh, light bulbs and everything. But I, I, just want, I just want to be clear that no mummies were found in the three pyramids on the Giza Plateau, and um, and what else was was asked, and that was it. And if you're asking, is there a power plant? I, you know, no. It's no crazy, evidence. Man. I mean, there's people that that will say that. There's people that will say it's a tomb, whatever the case is. So 20 years, and that's right. You know, you got to think about it. The resource, the amount of resources that it would take to build, uh, 20 to 26 years to build mm -hmm. a a large structure like that just for it to be a tomb of one person, um, you know, it kind of begs that question. So, you know, no, it tells you that if they had some cranes, they'd have built it quicker. They 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 used what they had to use. Right, and that's what makes it uh, one of the eighth wonders of the world. Uh, I don't look at it. For, I look at it for just they. They was they were showing off their technology, their engineering, the marvel, the the the, the whole nine yards. It's, it's no more than you want to build an Empire State Building or these big buildings. Just, so so why would you build skyscrapers just to go to work in them? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man, you can make smaller buildings. So well, so it's to show it, it, it's what culture do. Well, um, the only thing that I would add to it is that uh, we, we, one is 
we, we don't know what their purposes are. But I do know from the, the 200 to 300 uh, BC uh, in uh, Tunisia and Algeria, I'm showing you the longest, the largest pyramids uh, built outside of ancient Kemet, but they were circular and they were in the uh, Libyan uh, areas. And these were pyramid builders who were part of extensions of the Nile Valley. And in some of these, uh, at least one of, at least two of them, there were, um, how can I say, they were used for a burial, but this was for a later period. So yeah. most of you have not seen this in Ujawa, um, there is actually a Medu, uh, uh, Libo Meduneta uh, in, in the, uh, inside, in, in, inside. So there's a lion with a symbol that could be close to a, a Nuit symbol. But this was in a later period. In the earlier periods, um, we don't know. We have the Queens, uh, we, have, we have a number of pyramids uh, we have the Queen's pyramids. They haven't found any, uh, and they're smaller. We haven't found any bodies. But in Nubia, uh, there were pyramids with bodies. But so uh, the the issue is, it doesn't hurt us if there was a body in it in the past, uh, and we just or it's just not been found. It doesn't hurt us. The fact of the matter is that it is uh, it was created in in Africa. It was created by uh, Nile Valley Africans, Africans uh, from a diff uh, from multiple confederations. So here, this was part of my uh, work that I would want to do later in the late antique uh, period of of Africa. And uh, I don't know if you can, um, I don't know how much of this you can see. Yeah, we can see it. Uh, yeah, that, and that, that in fact that you can see. So there's, you know, there's further research, uh, there's further research that we can do on this, but it doesn't hurt our point. Um, it doesn't hurt Ujawa's point, but we gotta, we gotta approach it scientifically rather than approach it uh, uh, speculatively. Yeah, and that's my point, because if we follow the evidence, the evidence will point to the purpose of the pyramidal structures as tombs. The majority of the evidence points to them being mm -hmm. as as tombs, simple and plain, mm -hmm. because we have existing tombs in the late period in northern Sudan, as as Reggie, as you said, that where bodies were found in those pyramidal structures. They're not as big as the Giza plateau ones, etc. But and even in the Giza plateau, you have burial chambers. So for those people who who want to uh, push the power plant theory and whatnot, then that that <laughs> that 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 begs the que or hypothesis that begs the question of if it's if it's for power and to power the country or whatever the case is, then why why would they have a burial chamber and a sarcophagus and so on and so forth in there? So so um, the word itself, if you look at the the language itself, the word for for uh, tomb is the word mere is the same word for um, pyramid, so on and so forth. So we could look at all and stack up all the evidence. And just let the evidence speak, and it's in, and it's not a conclusive thing, but it's it's something that will guide our um, views of it, and we don't have to be speculative. We just let the let the evidence speak for itself. Also, I wanted to add on there is that when you understand the culture of um, and the cosmology and the cosmogony, you'll understand that 
the temples and some of the pyramids were figuratively represented representations of this primordial mound. And there's a whole story around the primordial mound and its peak that it formed that's coming out of the, um, mm -hmm. the inert uh, oceans of Nu and so on and so forth. So we have to take in consideration all of these different things and, and mm -hmm. some other things that, I, that I'm not mentioning for time uh, when we're going to do this analysis on, on that to answer those kinds of questions. All right, so we got anybody calling in, yo? We don't want to run the, run the show too that on long, yo. Too much to watch. Nah, I posted the link. You know, I don't know. Uh, we got we got a hundred over hundred people watching, so I don't I don't know if, uh, uh, people are commenting, but they're not coming in. Maybe I need to repost the link uh, one more time. Let me post the link one more time. Yeah, post that link time. one more time, man. We don't want no five hour show that's gonna kill us. So what we're offering is we're introducing the primaries for their art architecture or vases. Those are the primaries or uh, pyramids. We're introducing that. We are also introducing the literature or the research, uh, the literary uh, on 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 these things. Um, uh, it's too soon to, to make big conclusions, except for we know that the uh, the ancient Egyptians, uh, the people of the Ramesh, they wrote. We can transliterate. Uh, we can translate, and we know that they were. What we know what they were called, and we know that there are uh, different uh, periods of ancient Kemet. Yeah. Exactly. I see somebody uh, sharing the screen. Who's that? Hey, forty-two tribes, man. Um, text me right now, yo, so I get your number, man. You had a question. You was trying to say something the other day on the video. Somebody sharing the screen. Who's sharing the screen? I am. I was just showing some of the pyramids y'all was talking about. This PowerPoint I had. Um, talked about the monster about a while ago, the Perdigit, when he talked about the first step pyramid built from here, which they used uh, mud. They emulated the ants and the termites. The termites were the first builders in mud, so that's where they emulated the uh, the Majet or the Perdigit from, I mean, I'm just showing some pictures. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, 25 million years ago, man, them termites, man, building mud, man. But this is how, this is how material should be presented. Yeah. This is, uh, so. Yeah, 25 million years ago. That's a fact. Not to mention you got the oaks, some of the largest mud structures on planet Earth is in Africa. How about that? Um, Brother Reggie, I'm going to post your link that you gave in here. I'm going to post it inside the, the chat on YouTube. Okay. So, um, so I uh, shout out to Kofi for, uh, for, for that. Uh, um, this is the, uh, the approach uh, that we have to now forge ahead. Um, we've had enough of the, uh, of the, the crazy debates, um, you know, to, to create the fantasy. But the hard work, the hard work is for our children. It's for the next generation. It's uh, this, uh, and, and I think that I've spent enough time debating, uh, I think, knows, uh, the Hebrews, the Moors, Christians, the, uh, they have no, um, they, most of them are, are copycats. Uh, and that's what makes it worse, because now there's meanings for things that they copied and they didn't know what they were copying. The, the Greeks did not read 
uh, until after like 750 BC. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. so we can't talk about those, and they were copying, the Ptolemies were copying everything that they could. So what's the what 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 would be the uh, what would be the argument when we are um, arguing um, he, um, Hebrews where uh, there's no record? First of all, there's no record of bodies. They ain't got no goddamn bodies, right? Uh, and even in ancient Kemet, um, the way that the commoners were buried, uh, how can I say we we are finding traces of them, um, but uh, um, finding bodies is very difficult, but it's it's incredibly difficult in the uh, in the Mesopotamian region region, and um, so I don't know what the the Hebrews are, uh, and the rest of these people are talking about because uh, we don't have we don't have the information to make a conclusion about the population. Uh, we, we we just don't have that information. Yeah, there's a lot of. Um... See, the Nile Valley produces a wealth of information. That's one thing about the Nile Valley. Uh, even nature has helped in that regard because of the sand and the climate in Kemet or the Nile Valley now. It has helped to preserve. It acts as a, as a preserver, uh, the sands and everything. It pr actually preserved things a lot longer and lasted a lot longer. So we have a lot of um, text. We have a lot of um, literature, text, and so on and so forth. And we do have a lot of bodies, but they're hard to identify. I mean, that's, that's the difficulty. You can't identify them because unless you had, um, you, know, uh, you know, a certain amount of, of class or status to be able to buy um, a tomb, you know, to get a, a tomb, you know, where it could be decorated and so on and so forth, it would be hard to identify a lot of the bodies that, that have been found. Um, that are still there and even found or displayed in museums and so on and so forth. So um, Kemet is Kemet is like a, a natural museum itself. The, the entire, you know, Egypt today under the sands is a is a natural museum. Everything is preserved, you know, unlike some other places. And that's one of the beautiful, beautiful things about Kemet. And, it, and it's bittersweet because on one hand we say, OK, you know, to dig up somebody's grave is, is to be uh, disrespectful and. And, mm -hmm. and all of, all of that. But then on the other hand, we wouldn't know almost like 80 or 90 percent of, of what we know about Kemet had it not been for people digging up Kemet, digging it up, mm -hmm. because a lot of the texts and a lot of the different rituals and things are contained in tombs, you know, coffin texts, pyramid texts. These are these are tombs or tomb paraphernalia, you know, so we wouldn't even know about it if we were on a straight and narrow and left everything as it is sealed and never went in and, and so on and so forth. So it's a bittersweet thing. And so when we go to the afterlife, what we are finding, the things that we are finding is in a very uh, limited and particular uh, uh, container. It is the afterlife. The life of the Ramesh is a, is a complete different story. The afterlife is a, a complete different segment than how, what the people were doing uh, with, with their life. Or we think of uh, uh, you know we think of the life after life in the tombs, but before that happened, people were living their lives. Yes. And so we don't have we don't we we do have it on uh, Luxor and Karnak. We have it on uh, many of the uh, temples, uh, and we do have papyri. 
but we don't have it. We you don't have it in uh, in many of these other cultures. So what's the point of talking about these other cultures? Because you have less of uh, information. Like I took Ankh to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. They put all of Hebrew and Christianity into one damn container and <laughs> into one into one into it's into one case. They can't find high <laughs> hair of of uh, origins of any of these uh, of people. But um, when I take people to the museums, um, I um, I'm dealing with the artifacts, and the artifacts say um, um, they prove the case. But nobody goes to the museum with Brother Reggie. Last museum tour I did uh, during uh, the uh, the awards, uh, only 10, 11 people came, and so. Uh, you know, it says to me, you know, why do this work? I'm willing to take people and their children to the museum and walk them through, read the uh, Medinetra. So listen, Ujjal, you got to get on that bus and come to New York and uh, we got to walk that museum. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, I, I already told you. I told you. Yep. I'm, I'm going to definitely do that. I'm a, I'm a, it's my first stop. Because see, down here, we don't have a museum like that. So we don't have the Metropolitan Museum. We don't have, we're not in Chicago where they have, um, what they have out there or in New York. So, so I'm definitely I, I spent 18, 17 hours on a bus. That's as long as I would take to go to Kemet. If you come, uh, you can, you can spend your, you can spend your time in my house. Um, if you need to cut the cost, but you've got to, you've got to go to the Metropolitan Museum. Uh, I'm def hey, listen, you ain't said nothing but a word. I'm, I'm going to definitely do that. So get um, I paid $40 to go to Atlanta round trip you could pay forty dollars to come to new york and then we can get on another bus and we can go to the Penn museum if you like um so we can go we can do at least two museums uh you know if you have more that's time gonna take, huh? Reg, you know daggone well bro you you know that's gonna take a whole day two days in that joint and one of them Oh, no, nah, I mean, I mean, we, we can spread out. So that's what I'm saying. I'm going to come when I have plenty of time because, you know, when I do things, I like to document as much as I can. So I'm going to I'm going to take uh, pictures of everything because that will provide material to, um, you know, to to share and support. So, you know, we we read the glyphs. We we deal with primary. So what better? Um, yeah, going to be on it. What better thing? Hey, let, me show, pictures, right? let me show you all something real quick since we talking about mud and master bars. Let's go to the city of the hawk. All right, what, what, just real quick, I do want to acknowledge that, that we. Wuja. Hold one second. I do want to acknowledge that we had. I want to acknowledge that we have some people that did come in, and okay. uh, so in a minute we will open open the um open the floor. So I just want to make sure that's known. Oh, mm -hmm. so what are we asking? So, so I want to show you that it's called the, the city of the hawk, and I'm I know I'm mispronouncing it. The fort. Uh. H I E R, a rock Cropolis. What's that? Hierocropolis? Heraconopolis. Yeah, yeah, Heracopolis. City of the Hawk, correct? Um, yeah, it could be Def and, and P. Um, uh, yeah, those are the Greek words. Yeah. Well, I don't want the Greek words. Well, Give that's what the... you. That's what you were trying to pronounce. The the Greek. You have. You know. You have. Uh... Well, give me the meta then word for it. Well, you got to show it. You got to share your screen. We got to see the glyphs. See, read. You know, we got to see the glyphs. Read. Dang, dang. Show the daggone glyphs. Y'all showing off. I ain't showing no glyphs. Well, that's the problem. I ain't show the glyphs. They basically was showing the fort, though. 
This is one of the largest, oldest mud structures on planet Earth. Hold on, let me. Mm, hold on, let me get something. Wait a minute. This is pre-dynastic type of shit. Hold on. If you're talking about uh, Nekin, the city of Nekin, which is probably what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Nekin, because you have two uh, pre-dynastic major um, settlements, which was Nekin, and then you have the city of um, P or Butu. And those are the those are the hometowns of the two ladies, the Nepti ladies, the uh, which is Nekibet and Wajet. And so Nekin is the place of the Falcon, and that's probably what you're talking about because that ties into um, second dynasty. Uh, Nakata and where when they start talking about Nakata, nah, Nakata uh, I think it's like the second dynasty. Hold on. Um, archaeology. You always go to the archaeological digs right here. Um, let me share the screen real quick. You can see what I'm talking about. Hold on. Real fast. And so we can just bring some people in real quick. It's archaeological. You see it? Uh, yeah, I can see it. Mm -hmm. That's a hell of a fort right there. Look how large the structures is. They don't necessarily got a good picture on here. How large it is. But uh, if anybody wants to know, I, I was correct. Uh, Heraconopolis is the is named after the Greeks for the word Hawk City. But in ancient times, to the Remish themselves, it was known as Nekin, which was the city uh, that was mm -hmm. governed by uh, Nekibet, the vulture mm -hmm. deity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the first, you know, they was building their mud first. They perfected it. You know what I'm saying? That's perfected that. Then, so so it's a trial and error period. You know what I'm saying? Like the brother said, you know, we talk about this all the time, how, you know, do, do the observation of nature, uh, early man, watch nature, where you learn to be tool making, um, all these things. So they were scientists at a high degree. They studied nature to get the knowledge. So you just don't come out the womb building structures. You watch the things around you. I also talked about the ants and how ants build ant bridges you know, expansions across uh, small waterways. All that all that stuff come from watching nature. So that's how thorough we was. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Go ahead, yo. Uh, anybody got any questions? Anybody got anything we felt that we got wrong? Um, we speak up. It's time to be heard. And mind you, you know, we're not really going in on any particular uh, topic, whatever. This is kind of open discussion. Um, but we do have a couple of people. I think we have a uh, set set cam cam uh, that's in the building. Oh, set cam cam. Okay, uh, you're kind of low, but but if you could speak up. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Set set a cam cam. I, I talked to you guys a, a couple shows ago. I I set cam cam is uh, is Walla for uh, set just means research. Or, or I asked my my uncle. Uh, what was the closest word to science and he told and he gave me a couple of different words so i told so seti this probably more tr translates to research and cam cam just means mathematics but anyway um, um peace to the family and peace to the panel it is a, a great honor to speak to you guys and i did have a couple questions hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit better 
Um, yeah, so I would, I would say I have a bunch of questions because you guys are super knowledgeable, but uh, I try to make it useful to, you know, the, the listening audience as well. So I'll try to ask the most important questions that I have. So I would say the first one would be, um, do we have primary records um, of the Ptolemy period? That like, yeah, like Egyptian records of uh, primaries of the Ptolemy period. And, and what, like, script would those be in? Would those be in, like, the so-called demotic or the heretic? Or would those be in, like, what you call, I guess, the sesh? Yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, we do Ptolemaic. Um, we have Ptolemaic inscriptions. We have Ptolemaic Raunu-Niu-Peret uh, in Heru, which would be the Book of the Deads, and so on and so forth. So even in Ptolemaic uh, period, they were still writing in what, back then was even called the classical writing of what they call middle egyptian but okay yeah yeah i i think that i think that maybe i didn't i didn't phrase the question correctly i meant rather do we have records i, I mean we as the Af, as you know the african family mm. do we have records documenting the, the the invading force coming in like alexander the greek do we have like primaries documenting those things in terms of uh, saying that, you know, Alexander the Greek came in and kicked our butts and stuff and things right. like that. Yeah. Oh, um, they ain't invade, did they? Huh? They ain't fight like that. They, they ain't invade. Did they just kind of, they, they got the purses of somebody out of there. Yeah. I, I don't mean, think it, they kind of attack like that, bro. Well, it was a, it was a gradual uh, process, but I mean. Yeah. They, the, yeah they, mm -hmm. I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, the conquering uh aspect is is not as recorded as um to to produce you know the, what you're asking for what you're looking for so no because okay. the persians was in there right yeah. and after the persians you get the greeks so the greeks actually pushed the persians out and they just kind of stayed you know they was chilling all right we good yeah the persians came back though the persians came back in uh in a later period the persians came back and then after the persians came back you had uh, 60 BC, I think, if I'm staying correct, you had the, uh, the Romans that came in. But yeah, they pushed, uh, uh, the Persians was more wicked than the Greeks were there. And when the uh, Greeks pushed them out, I think, I can't remember the time period. I know the Greeks came in, I think, at 332 BCE. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember when the Persians actually came back. And then after the Persians uh, got it back, I think it was the Romans, if I'm not mistaken, that kicked them. Yeah. They kicked them out of the Greek came back somewhere in there, but I know the Persian was in there twice. Yep. So it ain't like the it ain't like the Greeks came in as an army to conquer Egypt. They came in and they actually, you're right, they 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 pushed the Persians out. That's the basic point there. So and and they do, I think they do record that though. They did it. So you thinking like when the Hiscos came in, how they how they recorded that? That's basically what you're saying, right, brother? Yeah, ex exactly. Just because I'm always searching for the truth and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's real, what's not. Right. And uh, I, I really have uh, kind of focused on that Ptolemy um, and, and the brother was right. Between 60 and 30, we get the Roman, uh, right. you can kind of call it the you know, Byzantine. And, and, and I really and, and I can't go along like teaching about, you know, how Alexander the Greek, you know, that changed the course of African history forever once, you know, Egypt fell. I, it's hard for me to go along teaching that um, if I don't have, like, our side of the story about exactly what happened. So that's what, yeah, you're exa that's, that's kind of what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I was just saying that if you were to compare the history and the, and the uh, documentations that we still have today, we have much more documentation of the earlier invasions by what people are calling the Hyksos and so on of the 15th and, and other dynasties that more so than the later periods of what you're asking about with the Ptolemaic, Roman, and Byzantine eras stretching from 332 BC, I'm sorry, 332 BC to around 640 AD. And then that ushered in the Islamic regime that we see today. Yeah, because they wasn't in power. You think, think about it, they lost power. So you so so remember when Nubia came up, transformed for a minute, all right, and then I think not the Persians, but the uh, who was it um, that the Nubians was fighting against Wuja? The um, damn it, damn, ones before the Persians. Can't think of the name. Damn, there's a great book on that one. I know that. I know that like like clockwork right there. All right. Well, well, while you're looking for that, I just uh, had another question, and then I'll kind of chill if, in case somebody else wanted to ask a question. A little, uh, but I just wanted to know: Did the did the Ramesh or the ancient Egyptians did they write did they write a chronology of themselves? Did, are they the ones that created like the dynasty system, like recording this is dynasty, you know, one, two, three, or or whatnot? Or do you think that maybe that's that might be more of Western academia? Um, and and I'm sorry to kind of load the question, but do you think that possibly some of the history as it is as we learn it about the ancient Egyptians is try, is a uh, is was constructed to try to correlate to validate the Bible? Okay, you said a mouthful. Uh, just Hell just yeah. just hold up. Just, just <laughs> oh, cool. no no no, it's good. But just um, repeat it. And then we'll go okay. one one, right. one at a time. Okay, so 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 did the the first part of the question was did the ancient Ramesh create a chronology of themselves? Meaning, like, did they record times and dates? Yes. Uh, and, and also, did they create the uh, the the you know the the whole dynasty things? Like when people talk about the eighteenth. Okay. Dynasty, okay. So, did, are they the ones who did that, or do you think that was more Western academia? Okay. Especially so those... maybe to line up with the Bible. Okay, so that's two separate questions. The first one is yes, they did uh, create a chronology. Uh, matter of fact, in the in the uh, temple of, in the Abydos, the temple of Seti the first, you'll find a the king's list, the several king's lists, and you actually see Seti talking to uh, Ramses, his son, showing him the chronology of kings prior to him. So, and 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 you have to remember that unlike today, like today is 2018. Uh, the ancient Ramesh, they didn't they didn't uh, set forth their calendars or chronological system after a fixed date. They would reset the number whenever a new king took the throne. So like instead of saying 2018, um, they would say something like uh, year two of the reign of Donald Trump or whatever the case is. So when a new king took the throne, they would reset their the way they calibrated their dating systems. But all in all, they did create a chronology. So that answer is yes. The second part of your answer about the di dynasty uh, description and how we do dynasties today, the answer is no. They didn't do it that way. Uh, that's that's an Egyptological way of of you know keeping up and and discussing these things. But they didn't do that uh, that way. They didn't have something called 18th dynasty, 17th dynasty, and things like that. They didn't have that. Family, and, and, and I got the answer. Hold on, bro, real fast before I forget. It was the Assyrians. 
that that fought against the Nubians. Remember when the Nubians took uh, took Kemet, restored it back, and the Syrians came in. Sinachib, I believe that's his name. He defeated uh, 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 the, the, the Nubian general. Is okay. He- yeah, are you talking about Amos, like the boy king? Is that who we're talking about here, or no? I'm talking about the Nubians at this point. Talking okay. about Taharka. You got Pianki. Okay, yeah, Taharka. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Taharka. All right, and he gets defeated by the Syrians the second time around. So I make that point to say that after that, ain't no more. Uh, um, there is no more uh, indigenous African power in charge. At that point, they vassals, they become vassals to the Syrians, to the Persians, to the Greeks, to the Romans, you know what I'm saying, to the Arabs. And and, and at the end of the day, you know, you just look at the uh, uh, lack of unity and uh, technology. You know, they just had better, um, they had better swords, had better weapons. I mean, when you get right down to it, and then, and then we gave so much, they really learned this all, you know, so sometimes you need to keep everybody out your backyard. You know what I'm saying? You can just see it. How, and then you talking about constant people invading, trying to get what they had, constant. You know, Chancellor William talks about that in his book. You know, crazy. So that's what it is. All right, so, so hopefully um, that, for, you know, first answer that Unc uh, went back to, and then what I was saying as far as the first two instances of your of your other question, hopefully that was straight. So remember, the answer is yes to the first part as far as chronology, and and is no to the dynastic structure that uh, we people created today. <laughs> oh yeah, hey hey, Wuja, I ain't even want to say the Nubians. <laughs> I want to use the word. <laughs> yeah, the Tanahisi. Uh, we don't. That's what messed me up because I want to use the word. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I didn't even answer you. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't use that. Uh, right, I ain't want to use the word. That's what messed me up. I ain't want to use the word because you said they're not called Nubians. I did not want to use the word, yo. Yeah, I mean, I understand what people mean by it, but we, we really need to, just like I, instead of saying Egyptians, we say Remetch. Instead of saying Hieroglyphs, we say Sechmetanetra. Instead of saying Nubians, we say uh because that's what the region, that's what the people were called. So we have to really, um, you know, push people to really use these terms. But uh, but you had you had more part of that question though. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I was basically like you know, uh, I I I uh, I I've never met Ankh. I hope I hope we meet one day. I, I don't live too far. I probably live about three hours from from Atlanta. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I really I really got to know the Amaras squad from listening to what was it, the Black Atheists of, of Atlanta. So mm-hmm. I've I've always been really interested in you know, religion and trying to free our people from false gods, false religions like Christianity. So I, so I was just wondering if you think that like Egyptology, Western academia, that they have kind of, uh, you know, maybe just uh, the way that they teach history is trying to make things line up with the Bible and trying to validate the Bible. Yes, <clears throat> um, that's exactly uh, what they started to do. Um, and mm-hmm to to as far as the dating and there's a very good book that you can get um it's called egyptian chronology <laughs> uh and i'm not being i'm not being smart but it's actually called egyptian chronology and it's an expensive book but it's available on amazon and look up that title and you'll see it it's, it's written by i believe um hornung would be one of the authors of that book but it's very as well as well written and it talks about um the different dating 
uh, methods that are used for the chronology and the different chronologies by different um, historical scholars, you know, scholars in the past and how dates were shifted in order to try to align with the Bible. So so the biblical narrative was the uh, basis for some of the Egyptian chronology by certain scholars. And so they show how it changed over time and how, you know, people were forced to actually uh, change the way that they did it before. So it's so the answer is not so much now because of the information we know today, but in in early Egyptology and so on and so forth, the answer is yes, they did uh, do that because the Bible was was you know the end all be all at that time, and Egypt was a was a pagan civilization, pagan study and so on and so forth. So they tried to match that with that, but they had problems with it because Egypt represent hard tangible evidence, whereas the biblical archaeology. Uh, like the brother Reggie said, there's no bodies, uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, even tombs of these people and certain stories. Uh, they didn't know if it was literal or figurative and so on and so forth. So when Egypt, they started studying, digging up Egypt, it was tangible things. Names matched up to bodies and, and, and stories were matching up. The cities were matching up and everything. And so they had a problem with it, but they, they tried their best. But today, it's not so much that that issue. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I live in the, I, unfortunately, I live in the Bible Belt. Um, but, and, and my cousin and I, you know, he's 30 years my, my elder, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid, I'm in my mid 20s. And he loves to watch like National Geographic and all these other things that they show on. So I, I might just have to disagree with you a little bit when you said that not so much now because uh the you know the the, the powers that be probably the zionists and uh you know people who have a vested interest in people believing in the bible they put millions of dollars into these you know one two sometimes like eight hour specials called the real jesus you know and they get like so-called you know, they get like professors and archaeologists and they just do all this garbage like we, we're dating this we're testing this and that we're doing the DNA testing and, 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 and it's just total garbage when the, the dating of so-called Sumeria, so-called Mesopotamia, I, I just think that it's total garbage and they put this stuff on and a lot of people don't have the, you know, the, the, uh, the scholastic vigor to really just poke the holes in these things. Like, you know, like I feel like most of these, most of these civilizations that they have created actually lead right back to the Bible, Mesopotamia, Babylonia. If you actually do the research, I feel like they all like lead back to biblical tales, and those rest on the patriarchs. And for over a hundred years now, the historical consensus is that those are allegorical characters, not literal characters. So, well, well, one one thing. Let me just say this real quick. Okay, I I see what you're saying, but the reason why I say what I'm saying is because uh maybe 20 years ago people didn't even have an option like i just named a book called egyptian chronology that that addressed this issue you have another book by um by uh what's his name robin walker that also addresses this issue of chronology and then even when it comes to the writing system that we call hieroglyphs or seshmetu nature versus the cuneiform or sumerian writing how as 20 years ago, everybody was saying that Sumerian writing was, was before Egyptian writing and so on and so forth. Now that has changed because the data is out there now. It's just not as popular and it's not in these uh, funded documentaries that you're talking about. So I agree with you there, but it's out there. It's, 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 it's uh, accessible now. 
Whereas 20 years ago, it wasn't even accessible. So now we know that the hieroglyphs, the earliest attestation of hieroglyphs is now 3320 uh, BCE, which predates all that other stuff that they were talking about before. So now we know which one came first, hieroglyphs or the cuneiform or the uh, Sumerian uh, pictographs. Now we know that the uh, Sesh came first as far as attestation. So this stuff is accessible. And, and those who study it, it's our job to share it now. So, so that's the only reason why I say what I'm saying. So people will know that this information is out there. Absolutely. And I think Anki wanted to say something, brother. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to show y'all something because it fits right into what you're talking about. And this is why we teach uh, um, human evolution. This is why we talk about Charles Darwin because that, that has been a consistent effort by religious people to distort the reality of the truth, reality of the truth. So let me show you this one particular gentleman, right? This particular gentleman here, and I have it in my new up and coming book, uh, Ursa, okay, he's a bishop, Bishop Ursa. He said the world was 4,000, uh, the world, world was born in 4004 BCE. And they really thought this. They actually really thought that. So look up, okay, Ursa. U-S-S-H-E-R, Bishop Ursher, right? He gives this date, right? 4004 BCEs when the world started, yada, yada, yada. And they actually believed that during the times of, uh, of Charles Darwin in them times. You know, 1700s, 1800s. Like, there wasn't a study on that. And so the marker, watch this, for when the world started was this dude. That was the standard. Think about that now. Now, when, when Charles Darwin... And people like, uh, let's see, Albert Churchwood, you know, the Victorian scientists, they started questioning that. But for the most part, I'm gonna say Europeans thought that the world, that's when the world started. So everybody looked to the biblical narrative. So you're right, that has not changed. So you still got people in the world that really think the world started 6,000 years ago and will literally argue you down. Right now, the conscious community really think that and don't even realize it. When they fight against evolution, when they fight against dating of the earth and science and all that, they're really agreeing to this narrative of creationism. So we really have a whole community that's caught up in religious ideology. Listen to them. They all have a particular God, right? They all got one. They, they won't tell you which one it is, though. <laughs> they claim they broke away from it, right? Uh, uh, Ali Mu Muhammad, right? He's really a Muslim at heart. He says it. He worships Allah. Uh, you got uh, uh, Brother Sanchitos. Uh, I was talking to him the other day on Garfield's show, and he admitted it. Yeah, yeah, Ilion Ilion L was the most high. He said, yeah, I, because I didn't know a better word. Okay. Then you got your main man, uh, Con Calloway. Uh, he's religious. He got some kind of type of God. And none of them have natural, uh, none of them have natural-based religion at all. They all got these remnants of what they took from and brought into the community where they claim they got out of. And so they follow the creationism at the end of the day. Most of the world, right, do not understand the origins and the date and how you could date the universe, right? They all go back to this guy right here. And it's very funny. Well, how, how can you date the universe, Unk? You can. It's called a cosmic background. Kobe or W map. Most people don't know what that is. They, they can date the, the date the daggone universe. Now, I'm not saying that that this universe 
was the only universe or the first. I'm not saying that. I'm saying based off the cosmic background, they know how old the, this particular universe is. And they measure it, they measure it in Calvin. And so the theme is always religious at the end of the day. So you're right. They're still right now with all the scientific data, they're still trying to push that. And and and, and like Brother Wuja said, that's why they really didn't want the Madonna to decipher it. Because the Catholics, the Catholic Church knew that Egypt was older than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob and all that. They kind of they kind of realized that. And they felt like that if they understood the written language of the Nile Valley Africans, that that would destroy religion. And it did. And that's when you get people like the Illuminati. I just mentioned it, the Illuminati, uh, uh, the Masons, and the Rastacrucianists, they all recognize Africa as the mother of the real study, the mother of all religions and the mother of science and technology. They realize that. Europeans hated them for that. That's why they put that. So whenever people say they hate the Masons, right? They're actually following white people, white Christians, white Catholic Christians demonize the Masons because they was come with their African knowledge. That's why I say I'm the real black atheist because the Greeks demonize those who studied Nile Valley information. It's all right there for people to see, right? Going against the state-sponsored religion has always been a problem in this world we live in. I just wanted to add that to the bill. Yep. Uh, so people know I did, uh, while you were talking, Unc, I just quickly flashed the uh, book cover, the book I mentioned. It's called Ancient Egyptian Chronology, and um, it's published by Brill. Uh, publishing and Hornung is one of the authors, so hopefully people got that and uh, they oh, show it again, say because I just was trying to find. Out. I think I got the book already though, but uh, I went to Amazon. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it on there. Show the book again. I think I got it though. Okay, um, yeah, knowing you, Kofi, you probably, you probably have it. <laughs> yeah, Kofi collecting. All right, give me a second. Let me, I'll pull it back up really quick here. Yeah, um, can we get him the easy? Do you say in the chat room, you say, is it racist or is it a fact? Do you believe that getting further from nature is evolution? And uh -huh. Reverend Nahisi answered that evolution does not have a direction. So, so man, that's yes. why when, when, when I'm sorry, um, real quick, uh, Kofi, uh, it's on the screen. Go ahead, um. I see that one. That's a good one right there. How much that cost about? Honey? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's up there. I, I got it. I got it. I got the book. Yeah, I already know. I look at the cover. I already know how much. I can tell how much the cover, how much it costs. Hey, so hey. Say, oh, oh, that's a that's a hundred plus joint. Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Hold on, you just you just hit hit something. Listen, uh, I tell people this all the time. Whenever you see books that that don't have all the artwork on the covers and stuff like that, you 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 gonna have to re reach in your pockets <laughs> for those kind of books that are that are real plain and just yeah, have nothing but words on them. It's a sixteen dollar pseudo book right here. You ain't gonna see. <laughs> yeah, I think this book this book is hard to find, the one I'm showing. And I think it was going for $125 to $250 uh on Amazon. You you could probably find it cheaper somewhere, but but anyway, that's the book. Uh it's, it's well written. It's uh an objective look at the different chronologies that people have been given to Kemet and the methods of dating, you know, whether it's carbon, carbon dating, um, textual dating, all this kind of stuff. It's it's just a good read. And I recommend people to get it. Yeah, you gotta go find one of them. 
So yeah, so Darwin. So the funny part when people talk about scientific racism and the whole nine yards and Darwinism, they get it all wrong. They get the whole thing wrong. It was people like Darwin that was like, wait a minute, man, Earth is older than that. We got bones older than that. Wait a minute, people started in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like it was Charles Darwin and those scientists at that time. Not all the scientists, because you had scientists talking about that, you know, they start twisting stuff saying, yeah, well, yeah, black people, those tribal people, they come from apes. You know what I'm saying? So, but what my point is, and it, I always say this, the only way to counter science is with science. And so on one hand, you had people promoting social Darwinism, which actually has nothing to do with Darwin, right? On the other hand, you had people promoting good science. So there never was a time in a scientific community where, 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 where the prevailing, uh, uh, where there wasn't a counter to a prevailing theory or, or, or prevailing idea. You always had a counter. This is my point I've been trying to make. So as y'all teach against science, you really teach against our ability to destroy the misscience. You know what I'm saying? The pseudoscience. You cannot get away from science. You have no protection. The, the, look, the, 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 the less or, or the least scientific, scientifically your nation is, the more you will fall prey to a, to a, to a people who have greater scientific invention, no matter what you say. Man's history clearly shows those who have the tools and technology and the wits, you know what I'm saying, will, de will defeat a lesser enemy. But what about Vietnam? The United States didn't defeat the Vietnamese. They didn't have a mechanized army. They sure as hell did. They had the damn red Chinese army. Most people don't even know that about the Vietnam. The Vietnamese was not fighting the United States government by their damn self. They had Russia and Ch through China, you know what I'm saying, with, with weapons. Anyway, I done got off on a long one. I don't want to get that long. <laughs> I'm trying to hit, uh, man, you know, we gave the link out. I'm, I would think that, you know, people, you know, normally a lot of people have something to say. You know, I hope we don't. Call um, the pseudos up. You got to hit the the, 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 the the Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. It, does, it looks like there's some other people that are on here. June or J-U-N, there's like a 773 number, a 706 number. Are those just, are, are they actually on here? They're on there. Quiet. Yeah, I'm on here. What up? What up? Mafia tribe all day, brother Fortune. Seven seven three right here, man. Oh, right. I already know, yo. You the, the native, the native uh <laughs> Fortune uh, Algonquin. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shrine of the Buffalo. Indigenous Illinois, yo. What the hell's going on, boy? Yeah. What's going on? I was, bro, I was just watching it, uh, Wu Zhao uh, tell Zion Lex, and I seen in the chat. I was like, oh man, they having a meeting. I'm in. Yeah, so, yeah, you already you know? know it. Toward, toward hey, man. What's up with your boy Sanchez, man? That that was that was dude. Do you know I I almost threw up listening to that man talk talking about papyrus come from magicians and he should teach people to stay away from the script. <laughs> the script come from <laughs> magicians and. Saying Cheetos, man. man. Say cheating on y'all, man. He ain't doing the homework. Saying Cheetos. Yeah, but see, that's oh, but that's crazy to me because I'm gonna tell you a red flag for everybody. Whenever somebody tells you to stay away from something, 
that should that should kind of make your hair stand up on your skin on the back of your neck or something or whatever the case is really because we we should be able to um to exploit our ability to discern and so if if you're telling adults to stay away from something then that's a red flag because now you you're you're projecting your limitations on other people and and as teachers that's something you don't do the word teach and the word educate combine a teacher is to point out things and an educator is to draw out that talent that's already in you and you combine that is what makes a scholar or a real teacher and so anybody that's, that's claiming to be a teacher or have followers or whatever the case is if they're telling you not to do this and not to do that in terms of um studying and and um uh inquiries and stuff that should be a red flag you got to really stay away from those people and then when they accuse the papyrus and stuff being magic, when they themselves performing magic on words such as saying pregnant, and then uh, what, was the, what was the other thing? Compass and uh, what was another thing? Yeah, we got a compass, the great mother. <laughs> he the oh, best, yo. Listen, he said planet was not plural. I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's bypassing all of the real information about that. You know, the word planet meant wanderer. And it, it was pluralized. Planets, there was many bodies uh, outside of the earth that was wandering. I understand that. What was he trying to say in that? I see Jalanda in the chat room. Black African power, sis. I see you. So, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying to say, you know, uh, people, ask, you know, Fortune, you asked, what's up, the brother? Uh, I mean, it should be red flags in, in a lot of those conversations. And, um, you know, it's, it's setting our people back. And, you know, people may mean well, but, man. Uh, I I just don't know how to call it, and, and you say you felt like you were about to throw up, and that's like come out. I can't literally listen to three hours of that because I, I feel like I'm losing brain cells. You know how, you know your brain cells don't 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 regenerate, so they're very valuable, and I don't want to lose any unnecessarily. So I I, try, I just let people give me timestamps and and point me in the direction yeah. of, of certain um you know certain certain uh <laughs> certain yeah, claims that are made. So yeah, we don't we don't we don't we're not trying to convert Sanchito's uh Muhammad Ali Muhammad or Khan Callaway or you know the main man Stolamon. We really just want we want to talk to the people that's listening to them and kind of give them the alternative and then let them sit down and look through the sources and the references because they don't give no sources and references. You know, they miscategorize everything. Like, like, let me give you something real easy. Watch this. So everybody wants to say well, Charles Darwin is racist, right? Was a racist and the, and the evolutionary theory is what fueled uh, eugenics, you know, based off his work, all right? And, and, and Galton, his second cousin, okay? Darwin and stuff. But, but most people don't even know that one, Charles Darwin come from a family of abolitionists against slavery. Right, whole damn family. His grandfather, both grandfathers, his mother and them, all fought against having slavery. Now, evolution, the theory that Charles Darwin came up with, actually went against the racist theory of that particular time. Remember, they was trying to say that we was all separate races, and the black man was the most primitive, and the da 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 da. Well, Charles Darwin said we had a con, you know, all humans had common ancestors together, you know, come from one stock of people, come from Africa. That's what Charles Darwin said. So really, the theory that he came up with actually was to fuel 
that helped defeat the thing that was the separation, which they called race, which was really a social construct. I'm gonna say this again. Charles Darwin's theory, right? Early stages of it, natural selection, was actually the piece that defeated the racist race argument that there was a race and a super race and all that, that the Darwin's actual work defeated that. So when the pseudos in our community be saying Charles Darwin was racist, you be like, well, I'm not saying what was in his, I'm not saying that he didn't have those same kind of like thinking black people. I don't know what is in that man's mind. I don't know. But I'm saying his work actually defeated the racist thoughts of the time. Y'all get what I'm saying? That if you actually study, most niggas ain't got, ain't read Charles Darwin. They're just, they'll do the, I call it the preacher thing, like Reverend Porkchop will, will, will grab a piece of scripture from here, like the Hebrews do. They call it precept upon precept. Just start grabbing scriptures from everywhere and reading together. Yeah, right. That's how they do Darwin quotes. He was talking about a race. He wasn't even talking about race. He wasn't even using the word race in that faction. He wasn't. Because he talked about races of plants and all that. So most people cut and paste, don't read it. His work actually defeats the racist argument of the day that one, white people were superior. Two, white people come from another place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, white people were smarter. Darwin was like, no, it's culture. It's, it's cultural. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that it's cultural that, that humans aren't no more smarter than each other. This is in his works. So when people say that, like stole a mind, they ain't studying. They, they, they give me all that bull crap. Grab a paper, grab a book, and that's all, and, and go from there. Charles uh, Galton, the one who started eugenics, eugenics started out as a pseudoscience, comes out as a misrepresentation of Charles Darwin's work inheritance and all that. He just misrepresented the whole thing and started a whole thing on pseudoscience. I think Brother Reggie talked about how UNESCO defeated that. Petrie, Petrie crazy argument, these gypsies was white and all that. Man, UNESCO defeated all that. Uh, um, Dear Fall Banger, Chicante Diaz at the scientific conference, it was a scientific conference, give you the racial, uh, not the right, but, 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 but the explanation on who the Nile Valley, uh, 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 Egyptians was, that they was an indigenous population, defeated all that. So man, I don't understand why, I understand why we have fractured consciousness. I do understand why. I'm saying, before I started this, making a statement, I'm simply saying, we are presenting information, right, that will allow the people to follow those people, right, an alternative to it. All you gotta do is hear what they saying, write it down, Get they, they ain't gonna give you no damn sources. They not. They ain't gonna give you no sources. All right. But write it down and you can feel where they got it from. Take the sources, right, that we give you. I, I say study Charles Darwin, study his family. You know what I'm saying? Uh, study his his, 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 his his grandfathers, both of them. They were all abolitionists. So how's a person who 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 is fighting against the enslavement of black people like, like the Quakers? I ask this question all the time. The Underground Railroad, right? Without the Quakers, what would you have? Do you know who you are? No. 
a bunch of black people standing outside. <laughs> the Quakers, man, they had all the houses, man. They was hiding the black people, Underground Railroad, remember that? Quakers, you know what I'm saying? These people actually helped black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got no Underground Railroad without them giving their lives. So you ain't going to sit up there and say the Quakers because they was white, they was racist. I don't know what they was, but they they they, they put their life on the line to help our ancestors. I don't know what Darwin was in his mind or how he lived or what he did, but I know his work helped us defeat the foolery that they came up with. The same foolery that they taught in Harvard and Yale, right? There was good science that was contrary to the bad science that they were teaching Harvard and Yale that kind of supported the slave trade. Piltdown Man, I did a video on it, Piltdown Man, right? When they tried to say the ordinary humanity was in Piltdown Europe. It was scientists publishing in the same year that Piltdown Man wasn't right. That it was a human skull in a a, 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 a mantle of a baboon, right? Of a chimpanzee, that's a jaw, a mantle is a jawbone, right? Published, in, in, I think it was what, uh, 19, even 1913 or something like that, right? Published at the same time. So it's dangerous when these pseudos teach anti-scientific rhetoric. And I'm telling you now, hold on. Let me show you how dangerous it is to teach anti-scientific rhetoric. Here you go. Just an article in the nature. I get the actual magazines. When you when you go ahead and spend that 200, they send you a damn magazine every week. Look, this is malaria bites back. Hmm. Wonder why malaria is biting back. It says right here, it says the race to stop a killer in Southeast Asia before drug resistance spreads. Wuja, what is meant by that? I'm sorry, say it again, because I walked away. My fault. You said Talk Larry. About how dangerous anti-scientific rhetoric is that they teaching these days. Mm -hmm. So I pulled out the Journal of Nature, and I read this. It said, malaria bites back. The race to stop a killer in Southeast Asia before drug resistance spreads. What, what, is this, what does this mean right here? Well, obviously, the um, whatever causes malaria is mutating, it's changing, and and the drugs that are that were once effective are no longer effective. So they're doing some, trying to do something about it. So if this community is not educated in biological evolution, their medicine is not going to be evolutionary minded, and ain't no herb in the world is going to stop this. So moving forward, do not allow them to teach you anti-scientific rhetoric the only way to defeat this malaria man is understanding evolution and how this different strand of malaria you know what i'm saying has to be attacked there's no way around this okay stop listening to the anti-rhetoric yo Ankh, uh yeah man uh, you you should see garfield reed he just posted a great link i think it was about like some secluded uh you know, like a uh, tribe and they were getting hit up with that measles or something. And, and the Garfield, he, he said like old world, you know, immunities versus new world diseases. And that kind of knocks both of the things out because we got the evolution on our side and also 
um, you know, the, all the people who claim that Aboriginal indigenous stuff too, it kind of knocks a lot, the, knocks the argument down too. I'll try to find the link. I'll need a link. I taught the class on old world immunities as opposed to new world immunities that the Native Americans had. Well, I, I think that it was, no, I think it was a new article about a, a uh, th that this was happening like recently, like within the last oh, yeah, week. Yeah, but the measles, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Facts. Um, yep. The new. Yep. <laughs> measles <laughs> woke up again, huh? Yeah, I want to. Um, I see somebody in the comments mention uh, DNA and everything, and that's something that is uh, a hot topic among. The recent arguments between uh, Native American uh, Aboriginal proponents versus, you know, um, and in opposition to that, you know, um, as far as the DNA testing and what I've what I've been seeing lately, um, is that people will make excuses for not really doing a study into DNA and everything, and so they keep moving the goalposts. And so one of the uh, key things that they people will say was, um, well, one of them is that uh, that's white man science, you know, DNA is white man science, and these white people are going to do something, conspire to do something on your DNA, they're going to share your DNA, and so on and so forth. So to alleviate that concern, um, I recommend Dr. Rick Kittles and Sister Gina Page, who are the founders of uh, AfricanAncestry.com, where it's a completely black-owned country, um, excuse me, black-owned company, and a black-ran company, and they don't solicit funds from external um uh, funding and they do not share your DNA and they don't even store your DNA so that should alleviate that concern but when I do that then they then people will come up with a new excuse or a different yeah. excuse mm -hmm. and they'll say something mm -hmm. like well DNA is a hoax DNA is fake it's not accurate and then they'll say then I say well give me an example and they'll give me an example of somebody that they know uh, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a cousin <laughs> of a friend who took a DNA test with two different companies and got two different results and so to, to alleviate that concern, we explained it. And we did a whole show on that, why, why that happens. We, we, and and uh, the, at, the, at the end of the day, what, what it is is that two different companies will have two different uh, data sets as reference data because they don't share their samples uh, of their original samples that they have that they compare your DNA to. So if you get tested um, with 23andMe, they're going to compare your sequencing to that which they have on file versus someone another company that you may get attested to they're going to compare your same sequencing against the reference data they have and so mm -hmm. the percentages will be slightly different that's for the autosomal mm -hmm. report so then when you explain all this then they still come up with even more excuses more and more excuses so today what i did i posted a a, a post and i was hoping to speak to you know in in common sense is that what people could do this was my suggestion for those people who uh think that dna is a hoax and so on I said, this is what you do. I said, you order a test kit from, from a company like 23andMe. You, um, you submit your sample, have them sequence your DNA. Then you uh, get one of your family members, one of your siblings or a parent to do the same thing. But do not tell the company that they're your parent or your sibling at all. Matter of fact, none of these companies require ID for when you submit your sample. You can actually submit it totally anonymous. And so do that. And then what you're going to find is that when everybody is, has been tested and the results come back, the company is going to tell you that that person is your parent or this person is your sibling, not you. 
You don't have to inform the company that the company will tell you that. And then once that happens, then you can confirm, okay, well, DNA, this whole testing thing is not, um, not a hoax. So that was my suggestion today for those people who, you know, still have, are apprehensive about it being a hoax or, or not accurate and so on and so forth. That's what I suggested. And even when I did that today, you have some um, Aboriginal proponents that will still try to argue with that. And they don't, they don't even have a leg to stand on. And, and so what ends up happening, what we talked about earlier, people will mischaracterize what you say just to appear to argue in opposition when, it, when in fact they agree with you and they support and everything you're saying. They just don't know it and things like that. So I just want to make that, um, uh, put that on the floor so people can understand that this DNA thing, people are going to have to become biologically or, you know, scientific literate as a whole, but they're going to have to start, um, get, you know, dealing with, uh, uh, you know, DNA and all these other kinds of, uh, of sciences. You got to, got to get into it. Don't, don't fall behind. Get, get the basic material by, by these little books, the introductory books. If you have to take some online courses, um, or whatever you have to, but, but stay up to date on this information. You're going to get left behind and you're going to sound silly. So I just wanted to kind of let people, uh, understand. I hope people understood that, that suggestion I made and do it. If, if you're one of those people, do it. Get get tested. Get get one of your siblings to do it and watch. Your results are gonna come back, and they're gonna tell you that hey, this is your sibling, and you you gonna be like, wow, okay, then that's right. So there you go, Gina Page, Doctor Gina Page, and Doctor uh, Rick Kittles, right? There you go. How it works. Click that. Remember that 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 brother got the largest uh, gene base of black. Uh, and this is DNA on the planet Earth, man. Ain't no stage joke right there, man. Um, want to find the part where they say they don't take your DNA and sell it to nobody. Let me see. What that's at? Should be on here. Go to FAQ. Question. Frequently asked question. Yep. All right. Let me get there. Here you go. Frequently asked questions. How are African ancestry tests different from other others? Uh, if I have results from another company test, can I send them to you for analysis? No, I don't see that. I want to see about the. About go, them go, go, go to number eight. Number eight. Number eight. All right. What are you going to do with my DNA? Okay. Here you go. Y'all see that? Move it over here because I can't. It says your DNA is handled confidentially through all the steps of the process. We do not share or sell your sequence or markers with any third party. Please click here to review our terms and conditions. And you can read that whole, um, that whole, uh, thing. And then they're going to add, oh yeah, you can read that. That's a whole long thing, but people could read it. But there, <clears throat> there was another question, uh, as far as black owned and, and, and all of that. It should be on there as well. Yeah, it's black owned. Yeah, it's black owned company. Uh, remember, Rick Kittles was in New York, and they was testing those those burial grounds, those bones, getting DNA out of them. And the people there was like, "Man, if you can get them dead, people, can you test any way you can get out DNA?" And boy, that's when he started. So he's like the forefather of this. Like he's like it's a black person there to this. And see, they have no way to get around that, but they're ignorantly denied. The truth with a lie. Because DNA testing is really a black thing. You know what I'm saying? If you really want to put something on it, you put his name on that. 
put that sister name on that. It was one of the first companies to do that. <laughs> it's right. just so amazing, man. And and you know so, so amazing. That should eliminate all the concerns. Uh, but like I said, once you eliminate one concern, people will create another one. And it really just boils down to people just not wanting to be literate in these issues or they're holding on. They want to hold on to a belief. And, you know, belief is a very powerful uh, force in people's lives. And it, it produces cognitive yeah. dissonance where people will just make up something to uh, you got cognitive bias and you have cognitive dissonance that goes on. No, it said, can DNA analysis identify my racial ethnic identity? Here's the answer. There's no test for racial identification. Race is a social construct, not genetically determined. Similarly, ethnicity is more cultural than biological. There you go. Right. Scroll, uh, scroll down a bit where it says about the results. I know somewhere where it was saying, uh, we're talking about uh, the the company itself. I must be um, further somewhere in there, but yeah. And and when he came on our show, you know, he had described you know the company and whatnot. Uh, how accurate are the material clan tests? How reliable are the tests? But they 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 um uh as far as that company, they they are very um approachable. People can email and, and get their questions asked, whatever the case is. But mm -hmm. the example I just gave, though, is something that people could do if they are in doubt. Submit samples anonymously. Get your parent, one of your parents, both parents, siblings, or uh, a sibling, doesn't matter. And watch the results. They're going to tell you. Matter of fact, people are have confirmed it even in the chat room. Um, I think Yuhuru Drum said he he uh, did something and it came back and that, that, was, that was the case. So anyway, um, that was just what I suggested, and and that kind of kills all of that stuff. If you know, if you and your mother or your father get tested, and then a company you don't tell the company, but company tells you, hey, that's your father, then guess what? Something must be right. It's just on a ba basic level. Yeah. So I my, my closing message is simple. There's only one to only one way to defeat science. You know, that's what science. And even when uh, uh, racist people try to uh, 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 throw their little thing into it, like for instance, with the cancer research, you know, they was trying to find cures for cancer using predominantly European DNA. And you know what problem they ran into? <laughs> uh, those particular markers weren't, weren't, diversi weren't diversified enough. Where did they find the most diversity? Man. Of course, in Africa. So there you have it. Even when you try to get slick, you can't get slick. Nature won't let you get slick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nature is the ultimate equalizer. Um, That's my closing statement, man. We done did it again. We done went. Yeah, we went over. Um, yeah, it's people. Hit the like button, y'all. Hey, make sure y'all support AB. That's A B D J U. WEAR.com, Abjuware. Make sure y'all support that. Make sure y'all subscribe. All right? Yeah, Hit got, that bell. You got those new, new, got those new Nat Turner. Um, Nat Turner, you, you, you got a pair of the show? Nope. Oh, I you got, the, know. got the Nat Turner uh, boots. I'm telling you. Mm hmm. Banging. 
So yeah, them is them is them is the pseudo stompers. <laughs> yeah, pseudo stompers. <laughs> Stomping out the pseudos one hoop and shoe at a time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, just real quick, so I see I see somebody put posted something in the, in there based on what I was saying about Rick Kittles and uh, African ancestry, and saying that they were accused of something or whatever the case is. Uh, we have to remember that an accusation is just that an accusation. If you know, uh, if if the evidence or the proof is not there, as people call it proof, is not there, then I mean I, anybody can accuse anybody of anything. The burden of proof is, the burden of proof is on the claimant. All right, the company sets forth its policies in public um, and everything like that, and that's what you agree to, just like any other company. And if they violate those policies for any reason, whatever, they're, they're liable for major lawsuits and things like that. So companies are not that dumb, you know, um, or whatever Black the case is. Black Conscious Fraud Committee? Can um, you read this? So whatever the case is, I'm just, I'm just man, my point is that, you know, accusations are accusations. We don't know how real the accusations are or not. You know, anybody can say anything. Uh, anybody can write articles or whatever the case is, but you know, let them uh, take it to court or do whatever they got to do. But but the point is is that uh, companies will disclose 23andMe. They will share your your DNA with other companies, whatever the case is. They tell you that, but they'll do it with your permission. Um, yeah. And then you have other companies that just don't do that. And and African Ancestry is one because they are aware of the concerns that people have. All right. Um. So anyway, just wanted to let people know that. And Black besides, besides, besides all of that, huh? Black Frog Committee said, let's critically think. If Americans were transported to West Africa, then how would their DNA be categorized? Would they be categorized as uh, Americans or Africans? Hmm, well, you dumb as a brick. <laughs> God damn, man. I don't understand the question. I mean, I don't, I don't understand that, but because you, you know, these labels, you have labels and you have the way people structure a system of categorization. And that's why I have always told people to, to study taxonomy and ontology. Those are two major um, disciplines of how to categorize existence and things in existence. And we all do this as humans. We categorize things. That's why we call all people in the uh, feline, uh, all people, all uh, animals that have similar characteristics uh, externally as felines. But but um, in more detail, you have difference between a cat and a panther, a leopard, a lion and so on and so forth. But we categorize these things. So um, these labels that people give um, American and African and whatnot, these are labels for consonants. And if you're going to label something, something. Uh, something that has to be a rhyme or reason behind it so uh you know don't get caught up on the labels so much just get you know just fall into a system and understand it and then you'll understand why and how these things are categorized but if you jump out of that labeling system and jump into another one you'll get confused if you don't know that's what you're doing so african when we when we say biologically see there, there's a social construct of, of what that african is and then there's a biological one uh when you deal with genes and biology when they say African, they're talking about um, a couple. They could be talking about a couple of things. One is your haplo, the origin of your mutation, your most recent mutation. Where did that occur? Did it occur on the continent of Africa or not? If it did, then, then it's considered African and African haplotype. If it occurred off the continent of Africa, then you're non-African. 
or that haplotype is non-African. It's just that simple. When they're talking about autosomal, uh, which is your uh, percentage, where you see people post a percentage, if you if you have a predominant percentage of shared DNA with Africans living on the continent today, then autosomally you will be considered African as well. So that's how they do that. But you have to understand these things to know why things are labeled and how they're labeled. You know, so you won't get confused. It's just it's it's real simple. It's not it's not that hard at all. All right, good night. Let me see. So-called African American gene markers match Native American gene markers. What in the world? Nah, that's not true. It's not true. It's not a true statement, there, Mister. Wake up the world, wanted. You putting them back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know what happened, but uh, the late it seems like the later it gets in the night, uh, people will make these comments that you know if if they would have come on before, we we could have you on on board. Yeah, they could have came on in, yo, and said that Black Conscious Fraud Committee, you the fraud. You could have came in and explained your position. Have scientists verify information that states that most American Indians, blacks, do not share African DNA yet. They share the DNA of Australoids. All right, man. Anything. Say anything. Say anything and make it right. Anything. Yeah. All right, man. We late. Let's get about it, Wuja. All right. So, yeah, you close out. You know, like I said, you, yeah, we, we, we done. I, I, I want to say I appreciate everybody jumping on board uh, to have the conversation. Look like we had two other callers. I don't know who's who. I know that he was one. Nothing. Quiet as a mouse. Oh no, that's fortunate. That's fortunate in the Hesi. All right. Oh, quiet as a mouse. Yeah, it's fortunate. You know I'm at work. Yeah. working. You working Hesi? Yeah. Nahisi you want to close out with something? Yeah, close us out. Nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything was. I'm just. I'm just reading the chat. <laughs> the uh, ignorance that permeates around us. <laughs> just reading the chat, but they need to. Uh, they need to look into that alternate history thing. And look at who is actually pushing that alternate history, because the people who are pushing it don't have our interests at best. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And think about this now: the people who are pushing it. Remember, at one time they said that the Holocaust didn't exist. Did that sound familiar? Mm. That give us something to think about. Yeah. Hey, I think we should probably do a um, a show just on that topic. I, I do want to say this. Let me close with this. That uh, tonight discussion was just kind of open ended discussion, trying to get, you know, kick it back in. Uh, you know, we're going to have these regular discussions on our YouTube channel, but we're going to stick with one topic, you know, um, and go in on a particular topic. And we're going to try to limit our, our shows, you know, with a, in, you know, a short amount of time because we know <laughs> our attention span is kind of short. So we're going to have some, you know, some some quality shows, uh, you know, under an hour, under two hours dealing with one topic at a time, all right? So so if, if you have some suggestions on some things that you would like for us to discuss and, and have a discussion on and, you know, open up a discussion about, then, you know, join our Facebook group. If you're not already a member, the Amara Squad Scholarship Facebook group, come in the group, you know, post a topic and say, you know, what you would like for us to uh, have, have as a topic of one of our shows, all right? So we can uh, go in on some other information, all right? So I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm a, I'm I'm out. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, and and, and what we say, we say Shimon Hotep, uh, which means go in peace. And uh, I don't know if you have any closing words, but 
No, hit that eject button, man. We out of here, man. Appreciate yeah. you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Until next time. Shimon Tep. All right, bro. Peace.